0: word of god we're three english majors who have set out to analyze supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be what did it become and how i'm ash the old-time fan my pronouns are v vim or it it's and you can follow me on
1: twitch at twitch.tv slash ash comma man i'm emma the latecomer. i use she her and they them pronouns you can follow me on tumblr at lazarusama
2: i'm wyatt the newcomer i use he him pronouns and you can follow me on twitter at topplethrones
0: and you can follow the show on twitter and on tumblr at word of godcast Here's some content warnings. Content warnings for this episode include gory accidental death, torture, religious fundamentalism, anti-blackness, cultural appropriation, violence, suicide, possession, loss of time, identity theft, drugs, and alcohol. If
1: you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or shoot an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com.
2: Okay, today we're talking about uh Supernatural season three episodes three and four bad day of black rock and sin city let's just let's just let's just go let's just let's just jump into things here with bad day of black rock written mm-hmm. by ben edlund i don't know why i'm doing this voice mm-hmm. uh
0: <laughs> benifer right. edlund
2: so uh we open on a prison an actual prison this time not a not not a jail um and oh hey it's gordon uh he is getting told by a guy who kind of looked okay I have I learned a wild thing about this actor uh, whose name is uh, Michael Massey uh, that I will reveal later during actor facts. This is a bit of foreshadowing for you listeners. Uh, This guy, Michael Massey, I wrote down here. He looks like kind of the offspring of Dominic West and Willem Dafoe. Hold on.
0: I have to Google Dominic West.
2: Yeah. Uh, Dominic West is the actor who plays McNulty on The Wire. They he has a they have they have similar facial structures, I'd say um
0: oh you are so so right yeah
2: (laughs) um anyway yeah wild fact about this actor stay tuned for that uh but this guy's name is kubrick uh he's great he's very fun um and yeah uh he's getting told uh about the devil's gate uh kubrick thinks sam is legit uh because he trusts bobby apparently both gordon and uh kubrick have a shared history with bobby um, but Gordon says that Sam could have Bobby believing whatever he wants at this point. It's like, Bobby's getting old. Um, and so Gordon convinces Kubrick to go hunt down Sam and see for himself. We cut to the boys who are driving and arguing about Ruby. Dean's mad that Sam didn't immediately exorcise her, uh, and Sam tells him that Ruby said she could help him with his deal. Uh, Dean doesn't trust this. Sam doesn't tell him what she said about Mary, It's bad all around, uh, but they are interrupted by a call on John's phone, stopping their argument. Uh, Someone broke into a storage container John kept. Uh, Meanwhile, Kubrick has teamed up with a guy with big cowboy energy named Creedy to go hunt Sam. They're a really fun duo. I'm sad that Creedy apparently doesn't come back. Uh, I liked him, but oh well. Uh, the boys show up at the storage container, which is in an underground parking garage, uh, which is a weird place for a storage container, but whatever. Uh, there's two sets of bloody footprints, someone got shot by presumably a trap that John set up, uh, and also there's a magic circle on the ground. Uh, they investigate and find a bunch of loot and a shelf full of cursed boxes, one of which is missing. We cut immediately to the pair of ne'er-do-wells who are hired by a woman to steal this box, uh, which they were paid shit for, and so they're going to open the box and sell the contents. Uh, pay your contractors well, kids. It's a rabbit's foot. It turns out their landlord, I guess, was an army medic who can fix up the one who got shot, and uh, it's, it's that guy's lucky day. Uh, that guy's name is Wayne. Uh, and so immediately uh, it, it becomes clear that shenanigans are about to ensue. The boys track down the thieves, and the one who got shot, uh, Wayne, can't stop winning at cards. Uh, slapstick ensues as Wayne is too lucky to lose a fight, um, but Sam manages to get the rabbit foot during the fight, and Wayne's gun jams, and the boys win, and they get out of there. Uh, it's a very good fight. Dean buys some lottery tickets, and they win a lot of money, because uh, now he's the lucky one. Um, I thought, wait, Sam got the foot, right? During the fight? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But then Dean's Dean the one who's Sam lucky. No,
1: Dean bought them, but he handed oh, them to Sam Oh, he
2: handed them to sa- Okay, that's weird. The-, the causality of that is wild to me. If yeah. Dean had scratched them, would they not have been? But that doesn't... I guess... Mm, well, okay. Okay. We're gonna have like a big. We're magic. gonna have a big conversation about like causality and predestination and like faith versus luck in this episode. It's it's this is a really fun episode, but also it's doing interesting things thematically. Anyway, yeah. So Dean gives them to Sam, and they win a lot of money. Uh, there is no way this isn't going to come back on them uh meanwhile yeah it turns out this object is cursed as wayne's phenomenal good luck turns to very bad luck and he prat falls into an unfortunate death on like a steak like a meat knife thing and it's not a knife it's like a prong it's bad bad. it goes right through the back of his throat it's rough um Mm. sam calls bobby about this it was very upset he's like you guys did tell me you guys didn't touch it Uh, yeah, this is a cursed object made to kill people, the moment you lose it your luck turns, uh, and Bobby doesn't know if the curse can be broken. Dean thinks it'll be fine, and the boys win free food for a year at a restaurant chain. Back with Kubrick and Creedy, it seems like they're gonna go to the same restaurant Sam and Dean are at, um, and then Sam and Dean get flirted with by a waitress and totally miss her stealing the rabbit's foot from them, uh oh. Uh, Pratt falls in sue and Kubrick and Creedy see that the boys uh, the boys got their like mil- millionth customer picture taken and that's how they find them. Um, Sam and Dean go back and talk to Wayne's partner Grossman and uh, to get him to tell them the name of the woman who hired them and stole the foot. Uh, Dean convinces him with his charisma and they get some info, which they corroborate with Bobby and learn the woman's name is Bella Talbot. Uh, she lives in Queens, so we're going to New York. Uh, Dean leaves Sam at a motel because his bad luck is dangerous, Uh, but uh uh-oh, Kubrick and Creedy's camper van is right outside. Uh, Meanwhile, Bella sees Dean coming on her security camera, but he gets the drop on her somehow. It's unclear. Uh, back in the motel, the AC breaks down as Sam is just sitting there, and so he's like, okay, I guess I'll try to fix this. It catches fire, and he smothers it with a blanket, and then he catches fire and puts himself out with the curtain, but it rips, he falls over, knocks himself out, and Cooper and Creedy are right outside, and they're like, hmm. <laughs> um, then we get intercut scenes from here on. Dean and Bella circle each other, pointing guns at each other and being flirty, it's very good. The rabbit's foot is gonna sell for a lot of money. Sam gets tied up by uh, Kubrick and Creedy. Kubrick gives him a speech about how he's on a mission from God. Uh, Dean tells Bella he needs to destroy the foot to save Sam. She offers to sell it for 1.5 million. She also reveals she found it by communing with the ghosts of the people it killed, which is good. Um, Anyway, again, somehow Dean gets the better of her. And at some point during that conversation, stole the foot back. Uh, He uses the luck to get away and not get shot by her. Kubrick and Creedy interrogate Sam about the demon plan. They think he's involved. Kubrick is going to shoot him, but Dean shows up just in time. Uh, He uses his luck to own Kubrick and Creedy, knocking them both out, and they two, uh, both of them escape, uh, Sam and Dean. In the denouement, the boys are about to burn the foot, but Bella shows up and points a gun at them. Dean tries to sweet talk her, but she shoots the hell out of Sam in the shoulder. Uh, just stone cold, uh, but Dean gets the better of her again by throwing her the foot, forcing her to catch it, uh, and now they, then they all burn it together because she doesn't want to get the bad luck. Uh, however, Bella did steal their scratch ticket, so she ends with at least a small dub. Um, And then we end with Kubrick going back to talk to Gordon. Uh, he has been fully Joker-fied at this point. He believes he's on a mission from God. Even Gordon thinks he's a big weirdo. Uh, But they are allied in <laughs> killing Sam, and that's the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. what an yeah. episode! This episode is so much fun. Like, mm-hmm. I, I could not do just, yeah. like... I, at any point where I've written like Falls slash shenanigans ensue, I cannot express how shenaniganzy this episode is. There's there's a bunch of shots of like guns getting thrown around with like close-ups on them. That's like made me crack up uh, during a couple of these Stooges. fight scenes. It is very Three Stooges. It's great. Like the fight choreography it's, here. Mine say yeah. it's very Looney. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is Looney Tunesian.
2: The sound effects are really funny. Uh like the way when characters get knocked out, it's more funny than violent. Again, in that Three Stooges way. Like mm-hmm. Kubrick, mm-hmm. when uh, Dean throws what is Dean it throws the remote at Kubrick's head at the end of the episode. His like eyes roll back and he flops yeah. over like he's like in Who Framed yeah. Roger Rabbit. It's great. Yeah.
1: Uh, when when the bookshelf falls onto one of the um. Oh the yeah. Like when I first saw that episode in 2015, I thought this was like the funniest shit ever. I watched
2: that scene. on. It's really good. It's really funny. Yeah. It's like, it's like a pair of shelves on the wall and he collapses into it and they both fall down. He just gets like battered in books. And it's like, I guess. You're expecting
0: like a little welt to pop up on his head.
2: Yeah. It wouldn't knock someone out, but because of this goofy, like evil, cursed rabbit's foot just turns the world into a cartoon and so they Mm -hmm. happen to hit him in just the right way to knock him out it's It's great it's
0: really funny it's so good uh also i love when sam sam's luck turns bad he just turns into the whiniest poor little meow meow
2: (laughs) he's so so pouty there's a bit like when dean tells him to stay put he's like Oh, come on yeah. he's just like all his shoulders are all hunched when he lo- there's a bit where he loses his shoe down a down a storm drain and he's like classic, i lost my shoe classic.
1: like old fandom love that part. it's really lost good my shoe. just like
2: <laughs> dean's having a conversation with bobby on the phone and meanwhile like sam's just like dorking around in the background it's
1: when the ac he got gum on his shoe and so
0: he tries yeah. to scrape it off and, and loses, and loses shoe his, down his down shoe down the drain mm-hmm. When the AC starts smoking, he goes...
2: "Eh, uh, eh." He's so sad. He didn't do anything. He's like, I sat here, and I was a good boy, and now this is happening to me, and, like, am I just gonna sit here, like...
1: Where is this treat?
2: It's... uh... Literally.
1: Alternate title for this episode, Sammy's No Good Boy. (laughs) Sammy's No... Uh Yeah, uh-huh.
2: Yeah. He, like, falls down a bunch, and he's like, (laughs) I'm okay.
1: He, like
0: face plans and scrapes the shit out of his knee oh his it's
2: knees get so, real yeah
0: it makes no sense it's so good poor sammy
2: yeah
1: yeah there's a there's an old post that now i have to find that's like a picture of a puppy tripping and, that <laughs> gif and it's like find the difference yeah
0: <laughs> literally uh this is just kind of fun little piece of my brain. Uh for some reason I always get the I lost my shoe scene and the really will you boy scene from like season five or six mm. confused. Uh my season five and six Wild. bitches will, will get me. I think it's just because they're in shot in five. like a similar place at night. Wait,
1: I think. Maybe it's early six.
0: But yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's, it's
1: not even night. Is... Oh no, it is. I'm, okay. Now I'm thinking of the poppy fall.
0: Oh yeah, no, I'm thinking of lost my shoe and will you, boy? It's
1: <laughs> it's so sad. Why would he be mean to him at that moment? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> They're just the same in my brain. It's so weird. Um, but yeah. Anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's let's go chronologically here. Um, uh, this conversation is interesting.
0: Wait, hold on. Did oh. you guys watch the recap? I did, um, but my only takeaway was that this was going to be a Gordon yeah, episode.
2: Yeah, Gordon's in the recap. Uh, I
0: think also, in addition to the Gordon thing, I think they show a couple of times Sam gets like his ass handed to him. Oh! But I just my only note from it is that it's really funny that in the recap they show the bit where Sam gets blown up in <laughs> Ava's dream with <laughs> oh, his I blood splatter that. and everything. Oh, that's really Not funny. The, that's yeah. really
2: funny for anyone who didn't watch that episode. Is like, oh, I guess Sam exploded at some point.
0: Yeah, like why?
2: <laughs> out of, yeah, out of context. I mean, in that's fairness, really that funny. was a Gordon episode. That, that was a Gordon episode. Hunted. It's yeah.
1: true. Which I didn't realize that was gonna be able to pull from my brain immediately. But you
0: could have, you could have yeah, shown like, that, that like the the, the shoe. You, but they showed him getting like emulsified. It's really weird. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Uh yeah. Moving on.
2: Okay. Yeah. So Gordon's in prison.
0: The way. The the camera and the music and the just the directing in general treats him is so
2: dramatic. It's not, yeah, it's like it's, yeah, this is our big villain. It's Gordon. directed
1: by Robert Singer. It's yeah. On that note, um, he he twice this episode goes Sam Winchester must yeah. die, which is like nobody talks like yeah. that. I'm sorry, Mr. Edlin, that was bad.
0: It's literally like fucking Jesus Christ superstar levels of dramatic. I know probably no one in this call knows what I'm talking about. I
2: know I know Jesus Christ superstar. for
1: I don't care to know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's valid. I don't expect you <laughs> like to Like I've heard of it, but I've deliberately not looked into it. No, that's valid. Um I just have a very specific like brainworm. Oh yeah. I like how Kubrick goes. I talk to a guy who knows a guy who knows Bobby Sanger. Yeah. I like the six degrees of separation. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I, I like the way Bobby is being built up here is, like, my big note for this scene. It's mm-hmm. interesting. It's like, oh, yeah, apparently Bobby Singer is, like, a legend for hunters, I guess. Like, everyone knows who yeah, Bobby is. Yeah, he's got is. a
1: whole library of competence. Yeah. hmm
2: Well, He's yeah. lived
0: longer than most of them.
2: Yeah. It's true. It's true. An old hunter is a good hunter.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Which, like, I guess says something for John, because he made it a while, but... Also. I mean, he didn't
0: start hunting until...
2: Mm, that's true. I mean, I guess he we don't know when it, like, Bobby years. started hunting either. 20 years is a long time. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe Bobby's been... got
1: there by sacrificing okay. other people. I mean,
2: yeah. Presumably you guys know... Yeah, he did. Did this I'm not... Listen. I'm not a John stan. I'm just saying, like...
0: <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying the Winchesters managed, you know... <laughs> like 40 years Just like
2: there's a hunter in the next episode who gets owned immediately and it's like yeah life life is rough for hunters we don't see like a bit i mean i guess we see this is the thing like i get we're getting more hunters in a way that i like i really like kubrick and creedy um Mm
0: -hmm. i like yeah i do like the introduction of other hunters and being able to understand this wider culture
2: In the in the way we talked about last time, like Ash, when you said when you brought up that tweet about D and D adventurers, it's like yeah, this is all all hunters are messed up in some way, and it's good. It's like these these two absolute weirdos.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to know Kubrick's backstory, like his origins. Yeah,
2: me too. Because
1: we see his current motivation, but like, how did he get started here? I don't
2: know. Just going around in his in his camper van.
1: Um, but I don't know why I said but um.
0: This conversation between Gordon and Creed is very dramatic, uh, not great for, like, yeah. portraying this black character nope. as, like, ruthlessly, you know, n- I mean, this is how Gordon's character is set up. He sees the world in black and white, and he has a grudge, and uh, he's also just very sure that he's right. Yep. And he doesn't care that there's no evidence. In fairness
1: to him, he's almost, he is, right. almost right. he is. He is. It's true. Like if it wasn't the protagonist of the show, we'd have yeah. like a fair case against him because um, Gordon says, "I'm not even sure he's human." You think I'm crazy? I told you there was a war coming six months ago. Take a look around; it's here now. I'm telling you, this boy's a part of it. So that's how he convinces Kubrick to go after him because he did say that, and Sam was involved, and Sam was there. And like, if you don't know who Sam is, then like, yeah, he probably is a bad deal. Um still not good like for the reasons we've discussed Mm -hmm. already but like he's not wrong about sam he just happens to be wrong
0: yeah and i mean canon continues to validate gordon (laughs) um Mm -hmm. in ways i won't get into for spoiler purposes but like the whole plot of seasons four and five kind of retroactively validate gordon's point of view Mm -hmm. um in you know and then it gets subverted but like it's like Emma said, if if, Sam, if we didn't know Sam the way we know Sam, if Gordon was the protagonist of our show, we would probably believe him. Um, and then, yeah, Gordon says, I'm not even sure he's human, which makes me sad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He got the demon blood in him.
0: Mm-hmm. He got that demon blood
1: on that note yeah speaking of which speaking of demons mid-conversation and dean starts the conversation in the episode by going because demon that's why it's great love it love it like the clear exposition of like what they were talking about Mm -hmm. as they're saying like you shouldn't be trusting ruby like clearly they were having an argument about this already and we just cut to the yeah we cut to
2: the most important part that ruby it's very very good uh in late out early
1: um my what my most important note for this scene is that dean has his eyes off the road for yeah, like 90 yeah. percent of it it's yeah. very, it was distressing <gasps> dean you have literally died in a car crash you should not be doing this put your eyes <laughs> forwards and talk to him like that
2: i basically just accepted that this is how the show is going to be like they got to have their conversations it's in the car i've stopped noting it at this point but yeah it is bad mm-hmm. um it
1: was particularly egregious this time
2: my major note for this scene, like, other than, like, yeah, this is the classic, like, Dean and Sam continuum um, in terms of, like, killing demons, although that will be complicated by the next episode, um, is I like the Dean says, she knows what your weakness is, it's me. That's the, that made me feel feelings.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then he says, what else did she say? And Sam yeah. doesn't say anything. And Dean goes, dude, like, really aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a funny line.
2: And then Sam, I think, tells the truth here of like, I'm not talking about trusting her. I'm talking about using her. We're at war, right? And we don't know jack about the enemy. We don't know where they are. We don't know what they're doing. We don't even know what they want. It's like, yeah, Ruby will will help us here. It's a risk, but we need to take it. Like, yeah, that's all. That's fair.
1: Yeah, I like when Sam gets to be a little bit mad and frustrated yeah. and aggressive. And yeah, it's like
2: you're okay, right? Like again, being like, is 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 the demon in you? Is there is there demon in you? <laughs> Which, again, we'll come back to that next episode.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Dean's yep. feeling a little, little little nervous about that thing that... We can say his name now. Because...
1: We, well, I not mean, until next episode. It's going to be
0: revealed.
2: It's next episode. Uh, I guess... No, episode. I guess you're right. If people aren't like... Well...
1: Next week, we can say it free. No, we can say
2: it's next episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like... No, this week, we next, can say yeah. it at the end of this Okay, episode. fine. So by next week, we'll be free. Oh, yeah. Fine.
2: Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for, the, for one of the final times, Yellow Eyes... Um, the thing yellow Eye said to him is getting to him. Mm-hmm. Um, then Sam gets the phone call here and I just want to point out, uh, Edgar Casey is the name that he says, which I believe is yeah. a reference to, um, I, I don't know if it's Edgar case or Edgar Casey cause it's spelled C A Y C E. Um, but that guy is a famous clairvoyant, um, which I guess the boys got their, like, goofy fake names from John, because this is John's, like, fake name that he used.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me very sad that Dean keeps John's phone charged. He doesn't the case of any of his whole yeah. contacts call, which is a good thing, because that's how they got yes. this case. But, like...
2: It makes sense. Like, this is their... I, no, it definitely yeah. makes
1: sense. It just makes me sad because of metaphors. Yeah. Oh,
2: no, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, while, while Sam is on the phone, he does, like, a little um, give-me-a-pen gesture. I love it. It's so cute.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. I like I like it whenever they communicate um like non-verbally.
1: I just like it whenever they communicate.
2: <laughs> um and then we get Kubrick and Creedy. Um apparently Kubrick and Gordon are like good buddies. Like uh normally when people have talked about Gordon like when Ellen talked about Gordon she was like he's dangerous. And I believe Bobby said similar things. But uh when Creedy asks uh, Kubrick about Gordon uh, Kubrick says he's the best save my ass more times than I can count so like yeah these guys are friends which I like I guess it makes sense because they both have like fairly black and white morality it makes sense that these two characters like as far as hunters go are aligned
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kubrick's place is full of Jesus yes
2: Kubrick <laughs> is a very religious man uh, mm-hmm. there's a bit where Creedy yeah. like takes down like a little like 3D Jesus and Kubrick says don't play with my Jesus and it's very good
0: Yeah. yeah. also I think it's important to know because one of the things we focus on in this show is how religion is handled I think this is one of the very few times that Jesus is actually like mentioned in the show yeah, um, yeah
1: you can't see but I just threw up a piece yeah <laughs>
2: It's also the uh, important, uh, like, the it's blue-eyed Jesus, specifically. Yes. <laughs> the the It's it, American Jesus.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, he has bumper stickers on his RV yep. that say, how would Jesus drive? Yep. Don't make me come down there, God. And Bethlehem or <laughs> yeah,
2: he sure does. So he's, he's,
1: like, he's that He's Jesus
2: that guy.
3: guy. Mm-hmm.
1: Also,
0: this is kind of jumping forward a little bit, but when he comes to the conclusion that he's on, like, a mission from God, the way <laughs> he like looks up, looks at, the up at the sky and just smiles yeah. is so he funny he has this
2: like look of bliss on his face he like is a man who knows exactly what like his mission is and what he's doing like the the actor like channels that really well um mm-hmm.
0: it's also just yeah, like I a like thanks like daddy kind of look <laughs> yeah. Wow didn't have to say <laughs> like
1: that um so the the conclusion he comes to is that like God is sending him after Sam because it was so easy to yeah. find Sam All these clues pointing to him, but the way it was actually the rabbit's yeah. foot.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really good. It's really good. I'm probably going to talk yeah. about this more as we get past like specific plot points chronologically, but it's really good.
2: Um, my final note that I want to say before we move on here is Kubrick and Creedy are just two like A plus names. Just real good like duo name. It's Kubrick and Creedy.
1: Kubrick and Creedy. It's Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, so, after the Kubrick and Creedy scene, we uh, get this just incredible storage locker. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, conti- like, it's, it's, first of all, it's really big. Like, this must be expensive to, like, rent? I don't know how that works. I don't know, like, where John's income comes from. It doesn't really card fraud. matter, I guess, because this is television. Yeah, but he's dead. Like how how much longer ongoing. is it gonna last? Like before it gets foreclosed or whatever. Like I don't know what happens to a, He's I guess, it. Yeah, He's got it it. goes like on storage wars. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but yeah, this place is great. There's like a troll skull or something. Like I I don't know what it is, but there's like a skull with like that's like human skull size, but it has like big tusks. Yeah, um, I have no clue. <laughs> there's also a weird flag. Did you guys notice that flag? No.
0: no. I wasn't paying good enough attention. I was too busy feeling sad about the boys.
2: That's fair.
1: Yeah, this is the scene where um they say that they barely even know the man. Dear old dad.
0: Yeah. Well, and also their, their separate nostalgia. Stop, stop. I can't so... talk about that until Wyatt yeah,
1: becomes ho- this flag. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, fair. It's so much,
2: though. What is this flag? Mm-hmm. It's on, like a, like, a giant trunk or, like, maybe a coffin? I don't know what this is. It looks kind of like a coffin. What's this flag?
1: Is it the flag of Arkansas? I, oh, I found Wait, it. Wait, why
2: would it be Arkansas? Wouldn't it I don't know. Be I put in a
1: description, and it told me Arkansas. The flag of
0: Arkansas, United States, state flag, Britannica. Oh, it does look like that.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: It, yeah, it's the Arkansas yeah, state
1: flag. and if you look flag. at I look at Hmm. Okay. Now that I'm now that I know what to look for, it does say Arkansas. It's not numbers. It's just backwards. So the SAS looks uh-huh. like 242. I don't know why he has an Arkansas uh, flag, but he does. Maybe it's cursed.
2: <laughs> okay, weird. Okay, yeah, so John just has an Arkansas flag over a coffin in his weird storage container den. Um, yeah, there's like uh when I said find, found some loot, there's like so many guns down here. Uh it's wild. Um
0: Yeah, this is yeah. like the type of shit where if it popped up on storage wars, they'd have to call the SWAT.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: There's fucking landmines in there. Yeah,
2: there's landmines. There's like an owl. There's like a stuffed owl and like a stuffed hawk. There's a bunch of old magazines. Um and then yeah, there's these curse boxes, and then there's what what I'm sure we most want to talk about. I'll throw to you two.
1: There's stuff. <sighs> stuff, so yeah. John, in his weird little lockup storage container, has Sam's division championship soccer trophy from 1995, um, and he has John- Dean's first sawed-off, which he made himself in sixth grade.
2: Yep, in sixth grade, which I rem- I think. I feel like you two referenced at some point.
1: Yeah. yeah, Dean mentions it in the pilot.
2: Oh, Dean mentions it. Okay. hmm Nice callback, yeah. then. Oh, my
1: God. It's so much. It is. <sighs> this is so much. It's, um, hold it's on. a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how old Sam would have been in 1995. He's six months old in 1983, so also 12. Haha. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Ben Edlund, for your 12-year-old mirroring of Sam at 12 doing soccer yeah. getting trophies and
4: Dean at 12 yeah. slicing Making up guns. shotgun
1: oh
3: my god
2: oh man
0: it's bedlin continues to fucking hit
2: when mm. when 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 dean talks about the soccer trophy he says one of the one of the clo- one of the closest times you've ever come to being a boy mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. oof okay.
1: yeah the the weird genderness of uh-huh. Attacking Sam's masculinity continues. But like also specifically in this context where we see their childhood here and like the way Sam got to be a normal boy and Dean had to be a yeah. man boy. Man boy. A man boy. Yeah. And so like Dean internalizing that like he's being a man and Sam is being a kid and like he's not as manly. I don't know. I'm like reaching a little bit, but I think it's there.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's
0: it's yeah, it's weird.
3: Um,
1: like Sam is doing yeah, sports. Even... That is man activity, but you still have to make fun of him for being a girl because he's not man enough. Yeah. Also, like, isn't soccer kind
0: of considered a girly sport?
2: Is it? Like, maybe that's an American thing.
0: Probably. because <laughs> well, you, your guys is things...
2: manly for it is foot is football, but most of the rest of the world, football is soccer is like the thing.
0: That's true. Yeah. Um. Well, I just know, like, a lot of the dudes that I've known throughout my life make fun of professional soccer players for pretending to get injured on the field and, like, calling them pansies and shit. Yeah,
4: that doesn't Um, surprise me.
0: But it probably is a very American thing, and so, honestly, I don't know, it's just weird. You would think that, like, Dean would make a swipe at Sam for playing soccer, but I also guess they don't usually let 12-year-olds play full-contact football.
2: I know nothing about this. I mean, I played soccer when I was a kid, so I do know so about did I. that, but I, d- I don't know anything about football.
0: I played soccer when I was eight, though. That's not true.
2: I've read 1776, so I know a bit about football, but that's it.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that gives you enough You know, just enough description to be of sad. Football. <laughs> but, but, yeah. But he oof. kept these mementos yeah. of his children's childhoods without, like... Noting the cognitive dissonance of, like, oh, I'm raising these kids exactly the same. Like, he clearly yeah. must have known he was doing this to them. Evil motherfucker.
0: Mm-hmm. Evil motherfucker. Perish, bitch. He Rotten did. hell. And then he went to heaven.
2: Anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, because it, we've talked about this, like, a bunch of times, about how, like, this show is not like one show like the oh, these characters are these characters but like every writer has their own like different spin on them we talked a lot about like okay in some of these episodes john is like a positive character and in some of them the show is more critical of him and it feels like mm-hmm. the the writing team is not on the same like always on the same page there with john
0: mm-hmm. um yeah Taking a shot in the dark, I would guess that Ben Edlin and Sarah Gamble, yeah, just of the writers that I know, are more critical of John whereas Eric Kripke yeah, uh sees him more as a good guy.
2: Yeah, well, Kripke wrote The Manly nod. Oh my
0: god. Yeah, exactly.
2: That's that's okay, right. Okay, so like it, mouth, in fairness to Kripke, I I just <laughs> like threw up a
1: little bit in my mouth, but in fairness <laughs> to Kripke, like I don't think he like genuinely believes that John is a good person. I think he's trying to create like a view of John that's more sympathetic than we want it to be.
2: Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't think any of the writers think John is, like, a completely stand-up guy who did the right thing in all <laughs> situations, but I think some <laughs> writers are more on the angle of, like, John did what he had to do, like, John is a flawed man, but, like, we can see, like, we can see why he did it, we can see, like, the hard choices he's made, like, et cetera, et cetera, or, yeah, or whatever. It's, and, like, go on.
0: It's like how Dean's, like, yeah, you know, bad shit happened, but he did what he could and he was justified in his choices because it ended up being better off for them or whatever. Um, Like, it, it doesn't defend his decisions but it justifies it in the way that abuse is very often justified where it was caused by the abuser's own problems or the situation that was beyond anyone's control. Um... So it's quote-unquote not as bad, because it wasn't done out of malice. It yeah. was done out of yeah. ignorance or desperation or whatever. Um, which still sucks, to be clear.
1: I think this is the first time we get Ben Edlin's take on John, because to this point, he's only this is his fourth episode. Uh, in season two, he wrote, Simon said, Night Shifter in Hollywood Babylon, none of which are really about oh, John. Oh, yeah. Or like, mentioned. Oh, yeah, like, that's true. It's, you can, like... Infer things about John based on like the way Dean reacts to having security in Hollywood Babylon, but like nothing about John is really, unless I'm forgetting something, I don't think John is really brought up in those episodes. So now we get Bedlin's take. It's true, yeah. I don't remember Fair John enough. being
0: brought up outside of like you know, oh, dad's dead, when, uh huh, type stuff. It will be interesting to, uh, I I know we will continue to discuss. John's presence in the narrative even yeah. though he is long dead. Yeah, every time um, a John
2: thing comes up we're going to go off on a on a tangent.
0: Well, it's John despite the fact that he died continues like he's such an important like we talk about Cass haunting this show. We briefly mentioned in Half Jokes that John also haunts this show and uh-huh. um We will return to this idea in season four, but he's very much, like, used as a backdrop for Dean um, in many, many ways. Yeah. Um, So, like, John continues to be a very prominent character when it Mm -hmm. comes to, like, why especially Dean is the way Dean is, um, but also characters don't let him die either. Mm -hmm. Um, They continue to bring him up. Usually against the brothers. Yeah, but we're gonna yeah, continue just,
1: hearing yeah. about John and therefore talking about mm-hmm.
0: John. Yep. Mm-hmm. He is a motif in this show. Yeah. Uh,
1: what's the quote? I don't know who said it, but the like poem that's like if uh, if an, if you grow up with an angry man in your house, there will always be an angry man in your house. That's Dean.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Here, "Caught by Catherine Lacey." If you're raised with an angry man in your house, there will always be an angry man in your house. You will find him even when he is not there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: That's good. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, the poem is from the short story uh cut by Catherine Lacey. Um, as it's, it's technically a poem that a character in the story writes, but it's I mean she wrote she wrote the poem because she wrote the story. The, the character who mm-hmm. wrote it doesn't is not a real person.
0: Way to break my immersion while I'm <laughs> Okay, are we ready to move on to the Two Stooges? The yeah, it's, it's
2: Stooge time. Yeah. Okay. So, the cut here, the cut here is really good. Where yeah. um, Dean says, "Well, maybe they didn't open it when they noticed the box is gone." Cut immediately to Grossman saying, "Come on, man, let's open it."
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Um, I love how I don't know the difference between them, so I'm sorry. But uh,
2: Wayne is the how- guy who dies.
0: Okay. I love how dramatic Wayne is, which yeah, I mean, he got shot. It's he fair. got shot
2: with a shotgun and there's a shotgun pellet in his shoulder. He's like, "I am literally bleeding to death."
0: Yeah. It's he's just <laughs> "I am bleeding to death." Like it is so it's it's just great. It's I really love funny. the the body comedy.
1: Uh, then Grossman breaks open the lock with just like a knife that he twists. It's like a really shitty lock. John is terrible at locking things up.
2: Yep. Yep clearly um also yeah, I, I said in the synopsis that they got screwed over but oh boy they got paid a few hundred bucks for this the Bella says later that she's gonna sell it for 1.5 million dollars these guys got screwed so hard pay yeah. your contractors yep Bella deserves what what got coming for her
1: yeah she deserves $46,000 paid...
2: yeah I guess that's true <laughs>
1: I love Bella. My I'm jumping
3: She's really
2: good. Bella's literally the embodiment of I support
1: women's rights, but more importantly, I support women's wrongs. <laughs> so true, bestie.
2: This is the thing. She did deserve the 40, 46,000 or whatever. Uh, she did not deserve the 1.5 million. That's too far. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, she deserves everything. <laughs> See, I would Bella say that, but done also- Bella anything wrong in her life, except well, for
0: the war crimes, which were justified.
1: Yeah
2: honor among thieves pay your contractors
0: yeah she
1: should have paid it's them. That's very all, true but she does deserve everything herself also it's
2: fair
0: as oh. a marxist <laughs> i i say yes she she did not deserve uh the the profit based off of the uh-huh. labor and the death of yep. these two dudes however as somebody who well, loves evil matter. bitches yeah
2: uh-huh exactly <laughs> This is someone needs to make a version of what you just said as the tweet. I was like, I hate the uh, monarchy and the church. History is a record of their atrocities, but I love it It when the the chosen. Yeah, Mm -hmm. when the chosen king raises his like divine blade and leads his army into battle.
1: Ideologically, I don't agree with Villa Talbot. However,
2: (laughs) yeah. Um. Okay, uh, I, I love, like, how upset they are, and it's the rabbits, So it's like, are you kidding me? Um, and then, yeah, luck, lucky break happens.
1: Yeah, the guy who was in Vietnam mm-hmm. shows up, so, yay.
2: What's interesting is luck does not appear to have applied to the fact that the boys are able to very easily find their license plate and track them that way, but if that was not the case, we would not have- maybe they found- this is- okay, I bet they found it before- um, Wayne picked up the rabbit's foot, and if mm-hmm. they had found it after, like the security camera would have glitched out or something. Mm-hmm.
3: Maybe
1: they've they've had enough time to play eight hands before the boys come in. Yeah, or maybe Grossman is the one who parked.
2: Maybe, maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe it's Grossman's car. Um, uh, yeah, I love, I love that we just like see and hear them playing poker as Sam and Dean are like sneaking up. Wayne's like, second royal flush in eight hands Grossman says, yeah this is a lot of fun, (laughs) like, constantly (laughs) losing, and then I don't, like I don't know, like, we kind of it's, there's not a lot to actually talk about here, because it's all just, like visuals, like, it's all just good, just go watch this scene, it's, it's
1: I have something to talk about here, um, when when the boys burst in and, like, yell at them freeze, don't move with their guns, right uh, Wayne says, are you guys cops? Yes, are you and guys goes, cops. Huh? Yeah, and Wayne repeats himself, and Dean just completely ignores it to ask about the rabbit's foot. <sighs> Something there. Yeah,
2: I mean, them bursting in and being like "freeze" is very copy of them. It's true. It's true.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and since I'm like ninety percent sure cops are supposed to, like, I don't know if this is an urban legend or like actually true, but cops are supposed to tell you if they're a cop if you ask. Um, but Dean is not a cop, so that's he doesn't a, have to answer. That's a an nerve. Ur- th- Okay. Yeah,
2: that's that's the that's that's the joke that like stoner movies make of like okay, what people what who smoke weed think is true about cops.
1: Well, in fairness, Dean probably thinks it too. Yes,
2: yeah, that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it's
1: because
0: Dean's a stoner.
2: Yeah, I was just I was just exactly. finding the timestamp for the scene. This scene starts at like twelve seventeen. Just go watch this fight scene. It's really good. It's really it's funny. Great. The it's way the great. guns get thrown around. The way all the guns get swapped. Uh, and so at the end, like, apparently the, uh, the gun that jams is Dean's gun. Yeah, it's got his And that's how he knows. Yeah, that's how he knows later. It's like, oh, the, like, my gun does not jam is what he says. Man takes good care of his gun. It's like, clearly mm. there's something up here.
0: I love, do we know, I mean, I know we know that Robert Singer directed this. I don't know how TV works, but do we have a fight scene choreographer that we can credit? Because it's very good.
2: No, there's no um, there was no like fight scene like choreographer for this one, so I assume it's prob it was probably like blocked out with a, a mix between probably the director of photography uh, who is uh, Serge uh, Lataker. Let- I don't know, it's French as I've said before. I don't know how to pron- pronounce French names. Uh, and Robert You're
0: Canadian. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm Thank you I'm for I'm what West I think Coast every Canadian. <laughs> Listen, I took French immersion in grade one and it traumatized me. <laughs> um, where Are was I?
1: moving to the car? Yeah. Okay, Zane um, is very yeah. happy that Sam just won $1,200. He's so cute and happy and excited.
2: He's, mm-hmm. yeah. Later so, he's like, yes, let's go, let's, let's take money. this to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I think money the second that's like time real Dean's and
0: like, physical.
2: Yeah. And like, it's $1,200, which is not... In the grand scheme of things, like not that much money, but for them, it's a lot of money. Like it's it's a lot of money, but you know, yeah, it's a like trip. as far as will like buy you a money.
0: motel for a yeah. week, yeah. Money.
3: yeah,
2: yeah, it's like it's definitely it's it's very it's um it's go to the bar, buy everyone there a drink, money.
0: Uh huh. Um, buy a new shovel to dig better graves with. <laughs>
1: Get another <laughs> wholesale stack of lighters.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Walking um, into Costco like I need all of the lighters.
2: Also, the thing that uh the thing that kills uh Wayne is apparently a barbecue carving fork. Yeah, just yeah. big two prong. It's really good. Uh, sorry, was there anything else in the in the no, lottery ticket scene? I'm good to okay. move to the
1: scene, which I hate so much. Yeah,
2: it's it's rough. It's really rough. Like we linger on it, like watch. going through his his throat. It's yeah, it's it's bad. Um, it's
0: nasty. Yeah
2: it's what however the directing in the scene is really good the way it like lingers on the bottle that rolls across Mm -hmm. the floor the way he's like doing the dishes the way he puts the fork in the dishwasher and it's sticking straight up and it's like looming there in the corner of the frame uh right literally i'm
0: like has this guy never loaded a dishwasher in his life that's like rule number one put the pointy
1: things pointy side down yeah yeah
2: um it's i i love the way it's sticking up there's a bit it's really good
1: directing in the way that like it's good foreshadowing but that also means that i can tell exactly mm -hmm. what's gonna happen so i literally cannot look at it
2: yeah um yeah it's just like looming next to him there's a bit where the camera pans slightly like right before he's about to go in that brings it closer to center frame it's really good it's really good like setup payoff directing uh, and then Bobby calls them idjits.
1: Oh no! Right before that, um, at the end of the okay. scene, when Grossman finds Wayne twitching and dying, um, he he does a scream. I don't know how to describe it. It it was good in that like it wasn't a horror girl scream. Diversity win. The guy screaming mm-hmm. is a man. <laughs> <laughs> the final girl is a man. Yeah,
2: it is very yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad for these two. There's. <laughs> I actually I'm just going to jump ahead because it's like we'll talk we'll talk more about the scene later. But in this moment, I need to talk about the fact that when we come back to Grossman, he is like sitting in this apartment. He has a picture of them like wearing like um, sombreros and like drinking. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. like they look so happy together. He's wearing a pot like a big like poncho that has like floral print like floral print all over it uh Mm -hmm. and wayne's wearing a hawaiian shirt and like holding up a mostly empty pitcher of beer, and like this was their
0: honeymoon. In- I know yeah, this is the thing. This. Like I,
2: I, I ship these two. I'm, it's so sad. He's like they look so happy, and then he like is drinking from a bottle and like does a little like salute with it and pours it out on the ground. It's like there's he's got this big frowny face. He's so sad. Mm-hmm. I feel so sad for him.
0: I feel like it should be stated that he just pours booze onto this like motel floor. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Also, well, I don't know. I think this is their apartment.
0: Is it? Maybe. Oh, yeah. That I, was their
2: landlord, probably... who was like the army medic earlier. I think. That's, also, yeah. there's a little Jesus candle on the on the windowsill. I want to note.
0: Hmm. <laughs> there's wait. too much Jesus in this
1: episode. Far too much.
0: It's, Although I know um... because it's Ben Edland, it's like Jesus in a sexy Jewish. Movie.
2: <laughs> it's it's uh twenty one forty. Yeah, I just wanted to note that for, like, the amount of of Jesus of Jesuses hidden around this episode. Find all the Jesuses in Supernatural, <laughs> Jesus. Episode 3, Bad Day of Black Rock. Which, by the way, is the name of a movie? Uh, like, the name of a Western? I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. I don't know what the reference there is. There's a character it's in it named McCreedy, but... Yeah, I guess. I, I guess.
0: Everybody and the no-good, horrible, very bad day.
2: Yeah. Like, I looked up to see, like, is this movie about luck? And I don't think so. If you know. If you know, let us know. If Write you're a in. fan uh, of westerns, let us know.
1: On the trivia page, sorry, on the wiki page trivia section, ah. uh, oh, Black yeah, Rock huh? is actually a neighborhood within the city of Buffalo, New York, not outside of the city. So, like, since they are ah. in New York for this episode and then they go to Queens to visit Bella, Um, it's a bad day. They're in... Are they actually in Black right. Rock? I guess, maybe. They're at least adjacent.
2: Cool. Um, Anyway, then we get uh, Bobby calling them idjits. Yeah, um, first time. He says, oh yeah, this he becomes uh, like a. Sorry.
0: Oh, just uh, you know how fandom likes to flatten characters into a catchphrase and maybe one personality yeah. trait that may or may not be true. <laughs> this is Bobby's. This is
2: Bobby. It's yeah. idjit. Um, That's it. Yeah, he's like, you touched it. Damn it, Sam. Uh, he he says he says that rabbit's foot ain't no dime store notion, which is a great line. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we get what this rabbit's foot is, which we don't need to belabor this. We've talked about, like, the show's, like, poor usage of hoodoo in general. Uh, yeah, this rabbit's foot is real hoodoo made by a Baton Rouge conjure woman about a hundred years ago, which, there's nothing here. There's nothing to talk about that we haven't talked about already. It's Mm -hmm. the show being what it is. It's bad. We can move on.
1: Yeah. All of the short terms are the shorthand. It does-
2: Sorry. I was
1: just gonna say that in the background, Zine is like counting up scratch tickets, count, yes, like literally it's good. counting on his fingers. He mouths, "Awesome!" He's so cute. You can go back to talking about Bobby.
2: Um, <laughs> I, I, no, I just wanted to say it does, it does say a lot about this, like. Uh, the woman who made this, like, evil, cursed object is like, oh yeah, I want people to die in the funniest way possible. Just, like, the yeah. most, like, Icarus flying too close to the sun.
0: It's It's gotta be... She's gotta be a hell of a lady. Yeah. I think I would like to know her. I think she'd just be so petty.
2: Um, And then my favorite bit in this scene... Um, is when um Sam says Bobby says you lose it that luck turns Sam's like well so I won't lose it Bobby <laughs> it's like it's fine and Bobby goes everybody loses it mm-hmm. yeah it's really good he's so frustrated his two idiot children are so stupid and he's just trying to wrangle them <laughs> like cats
0: uh huh Bobby loves them they're so dumb yeah like, my sons are stupid and I love them so much.
1: Can't wait for Weekend at Bobby's.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. Also, we see I him working on the cult here, before. which is nice, like, continuity for the next episode.
1: Mm hmm. Is that a good call?
0: Just a friendly reminder that it's there. Like, hey, you remember that magic gun?
1: Um, then they go into Biggersons, which is nice continuity yes. for the supernatural universe. Um, uh huh. Lore.
0: I didn't I didn't actually know that Biggersons became canon this early in the show. Yeah.
2: Yep.
1: It's a it's a fake name brand for supernatural.
2: Uh Dean calls Sam Rain Man in this scene. Uh Nero, a typical Sam, keeps winning by losing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, then they get their picture taken, they make really good faces. It's really these. good. Sam is like super embarrassed and uncomfortable. Dean is like beaming ear to ear.
0: Mm-hmm. This is literally one of the pictures I put in my notes for, for this it's episode. It's a good picture. It's,
2: so good. it's very funny that Dean's ecstatic here, or it's like in the next episode when someone's like, "Want well, let me take your picture. They're both like, we need to get out of here, which I guess that's in response to what happens in this episode.
1: Dean's still <laughs> was wanted like by the FBI. Shots. I mean, the guy was joking, yeah. but like he made a joke about mug shots and set them on edge. This is like, oh my God, free food. Yes, let's yeah. celebrate.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, I love like immediately like the luck stuff happening of like it's interesting. There's we'll talk like you said, we'll talk more about predestination and like religion versus like like luck and magic. Um but uh you can see it starting to turn when Kubrick and Creedy like just so happened to be like, No, we're gonna eat at uh Biggerson's um, and I really like, Kubrick is such, like, a little gremlin man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Creedy's like, let's get some food. And yeah. Kubrick says, what do you like? I got canned everything. And Creedy's yeah. like, no, no, man, come on, look, I know a place. <laughs> Wide menu, good love... service, homey atmosphere, garlic knots.
0: Yeah, no, that's so good. And then he's like, yeah, let me show you the menu. And yeah, then the it's... next time we cut to them, it's, uh, Creedy going, yeah, I like it when they drop the whole onion in there or whatever. <laughs> It's uh, no, it's
2: Kubrick. It's Kubrick who says that because has started yeah. to convince it. It was like, I like when they dropped the line. Oh, onion, yeah, yeah, I got the
0: names
1: mixed up.
2: Uh, Kubrick is so good.
1: Yeah, also the, yeah, the, the it's, this it's idea that, like, great. he has canned everything because of, like, the hunter slash, you know, like, survivalist notion of, like, self-reliance. You don't go out to eat in restaurants. You have all your rations. It's like this guy. Oh, but McDonald's out is RV. so
0: fucking good
1: libertarian and a christian <laughs> disgusting
2: yeah um and then uh <laughs> bella owns them
0: good for her she really does
2: it's really good just the way when she walks away and they both like lean toward each other to like yeah. look at her you is so her good as she walks. <laughs> it's really and then good
1: goes, dude if you were ever gonna get lucky
2: yeah haha <laughs> lucky
1: Hmm. This is where my notes say I support women's wrongs. Yep. Uh huh.
2: Yeah. I was not. It's really good. It's a really good bait and switch because, like, oh yeah, they're lucky. Like this is this is their this is what the boys want. Like this is part of their luck is they get money, they get like a hot woman who's like hello, um, and you don't even realize like she tricks you, the audience as well uh-huh. as the characters, like in this moment because of what the setup for this is and then um, as soon as she walks mm-hmm.
1: away yeah. uh, sam's lock turns he spills his coffee everywhere smashes into a waitress full of a waiter full of trays like yeah. <laughs> bumps into everything and seems like what the hell is going on and that's when they realize it's gone
3: mhm it's really actually good. what
1: dean says is how is that good like he doesn't understand how this could be good yep. luck which is when sam yep. checks it's really good this like he he doesn't go the the foot must be gone he's like why where's where's the I'm trying to say this without like hebrew phrases where's the Gamsulatova of this all um <laughs> the, the oh god i'm just gonna translate it the um also this is for good like the, the idea that everything works out in the end yeah so like dean's yeah. trying to fit this into his current world map where he's like this is supposed to be good luck How is smashing into people good luck it's good
2: This is really good, like jazzy, like kind of goofy song. The music in this episode in general is really good. Like as they're like following Bella out, like after she like takes her wig off. Um and they both like turn and they run. And then Sam just drops, just drops out of the frame, just falls completely out of frame, Mm -hmm. and then the music cuts and Dean stops and like turns and looks at him lying on the ground.
1: He goes, Wow. He goes,
2: Wow, you suck.
0: <laughs> uh, he really does. Once again, I must begrudgingly commend Jared Padalecki. He put his whole his whole don't say
1: that don't oh, don't
0: finish
2: padali- that no, stop stop
1: his <laughs> whole so Padalecki into it. <laughs> um. So they go. Oh, I guess your luck turns bad now. And Dean says, "I wonder how bad because Sam didn't tell him what Bobby said." Once again, the boys are keeping yeah. each other's their own uh, impending deaths from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, since Sam's luck has passed, now the um, Kubrick and Creedy find the picture of them on the site, and Kubrick does his little smile at the sky thing.
4: Yeah.
0: My next note is when they talk to Bobby about Bella.
2: Um. Well, I guess before that, then, um, because yeah, they go talk to Grossman here. Yeah. Um, and it's <laughs> there's 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 a bit where. Like they're talking to Grossman, and Sam says, "Listen, man, this is here." And then just like, like trips over a wire, uh-huh. fall, takes a whole leg, the CD player and the lamp, and like yeah. just
1: crashing, and smashing <laughs> behind the couch too. So like, he's not just flailing on the ground; he's literally out of the shot. It's really funny. Uh huh. And Dean's just standing there, like, "Oh
2: my yeah. god!" Yeah. And then Dean is like, "The rabbit's foot was was what killed your friend," um, and says. Uh, there's a bit here um, that gets called back to, and I'm trying to find it. Um, he says,
1: "Now I can read people." And yeah, I yeah. Get yeah. You're a thief and a scumbag. That's fine, but you're not a killer, are you? Which I don't remember which of them pulled the trigger on Dean with on Sam with the jammed gun. I don't remember if it was Grossman or Wayne. Yeah, but like somebody pulled the trigger. It didn't go because it was jammed, but it was.
2: Um, I think it was Wayne. Um, okay,
1: yeah, Wayne pulled the trigger. Yeah. Uh, Grossman tried to point Sam's gun at Sam, but that's when the bookshelves took him out.
2: Yeah. Okay. To be fair, there's a difference between being like yeah, he pointed the like gun, he didn't murdering trigger, someone with intent. Pointed. Yeah, and also like killing someone with intent and killing someone like in the heat of the moment when they've like come in and drawn guns at you and attacked yeah. you. So
1: the point is that Dean is like um, manipulating him by saying like you're not going to let my yeah. brother die, are you? Um, but it's really good that he tries the same speech on Bella, and she just fucking shoots him. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, also, the lighting on then, yeah, face. We get really the space is really good in this scene. It is. I like this apartment. Um. Yeah. Then we get the I Bobby also, scene and Sam losing his shoe. Oh, sorry. Go on.
0: Oh, I just. I wonder if. Um. This because I know I mentioned in. Uh, Tall Tales, that this set being over like used this. I wonder if it's because it just feels like the same space. But also that could just it could just be literally any apartment. So I don't know. But it seems, it feels like know. the door is in the same place, it, the windows are in the same place. It
2: seems more run down to me, but I don't know.
0: Well yeah.
1: But if it's a set, they could they could they could yeah know, fabricate that.
2: It's true. Yeah, who who knows?
1: Um, next we have Kubrick saying there's a higher power at work. And then yes. uh, Dean and Bobby talk about Bella while Sam loses his shoe. It's so good. Mm-hmm.
2: Dean says she gave them an alias, uh Luigi or something, sounds like Lugosi. Yeah. Uh which I love that like Bobby just immediately figures out like yeah, it's not very the subtle Lugosi, if Lugos. you know her
1: name.
2: Yeah, but like where does how does he get that? Like Lugos...
1: What? No, Bella Lugosi is a person.
2: <laughs> yes, I know, but oh, because Bella, right. Got it. Okay. Got it. <laughs>
1: I don't know I thought you didn't Someone connect, but I'm glad you got there. No,
2: it's, yeah, no, I'm I'm a fool. I get it now. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> the way, yeah, that is, that is a bad fake name, Bella.
1: Well, she wasn't expecting anyone okay, to I... actually know her real name. So if she just yeah, gives that's one true. unrelated that's true. name.
2: That's true. You're she, right.
1: She gets to be cutesy.
2: Um, okay, I feel so I'll,
1: left behind. Please
0: explain to me.
2: Well, Bella Lugosi, Lugosi is an actor.
0: <laughs> that explains why I don't know. Okay, cool. I understand. We can move on now.
1: Yeah. Um, Bobby says that Bella was out of the country. He... She was in the Middle East, which is really interesting because the world outside of America apparently does exist.
2: Yeah, I, I also do want to say, to be clear, uh, Ash, Bella Lugosi is the guy who plays Dracula in Count Dracula, the movie Count Dracula.
0: Incredible. Love that. Um... The world outside of Supernatural doesn't exist, but when it does, it's the Middle East, apparently. Mm. Because Jake was in Afghanistan. It's true. Yeah.
2: Uh, I really like the way um, Bobby goes, ah, crap. Yeah. (laughs) Probably Bella. Ah,
0: Yeah, the little, like, colon, forward slash face. Yeah, that is so clear in his voice. Also,
2: sorry, this is the scene where he says "idiot." I thought he said it earlier when he learned that they got the that's the like they opened the box or like they they touched the foot, but no, he says, "Look out for your brother, you idiot!" Here to Dean.
1: hmm <laughs> This is where Sam admits that he lost I his lost shoe. Lost my shoe. The the transcript oh. here is so good. He he looks thoroughly dejected. He speaks plaintively. He hangs his head. It's so cute. He's having such a meowlification. Mm-hmm.
2: It's very funny.
1: Little Sammy. Sammy. And then uh Dean leaves him in the in the room and he says, uh, what am I even supposed to do, Dean? And Dean says, Nothing. I don't want you doing anything. I want you to sit right here and don't move, okay? Don't turn on the light, don't turn off the light, don't even scratch your nose. And Sam waits for him to leave. And then leans over to see that he's really
4: gone and scratches his nose. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's so good good. i have a i have a
2: screenshot of plaintiff sam here putting that in the ref's channel for the description
1: (laughs) he's so he's so tired of everything going wrong (laughs) he's so pouty he looks so little yeah like he looks ten. It's great. Um, yeah, this is a twenty four or five year old man who is six four, and he looks like he's twelve.
2: yeah mhm um also the this motel that they leave salmon well, the motels in the show are always fabulous, but this one has like floral print everywhere and like a big circular window with like mm-hmm. rose shadows in it and also a painting of a dancing harlequin
1: love it thanks george newman
2: it's great Mm -hmm. yeah shout outs outs to our buddy friend of the show george newman
0: (laughs) now we have to at him on twitter okay love your work buddy
1: um then we see bella yes yeah
2: yeah and her like fabulous like apartment
1: exquisitely expensive queen's apartment full of fabulous Mm -hmm. items yeah. And her
0: fancy little sphinx cat or whatever. With her fancy British accent. That's, uh-huh. I will say though this phone conversation just struck me as really awkward. I, I don't know if it's just cuz I always find phone conversations oh, a yeah. awkward, but it just the the scripted ju- the script just seemed like very yeah. I don't know. It didn't it didn't hold my interest. I was just sitting here like, yeah. yeah. I bet he's making all kinds of threats. I don't know what he's saying, though. Uh,
1: The security monitors show that Dean is um, coming, but I think she's not looking at it. So that's why Dean gets the drop on Mm -hmm. her anyway. Yeah, I think so. And then he tries to be so cool. He's got a little... He, he's like disabled her alarm system and put on a sticky note she, that says, Turn around. And so she turns around and he's got his gun out and she, he says, it's, you, you left without your tip. He's such an action hero. He's so lame. Um,
2: and like yeah, he's rings. so lame. He's, so he's cool. trying to he's be a so cool. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Rewatching the scene, I'm pretty sure she sees him out the window. Like, yeah, we don't see her. She doesn't see the security camera, but she does look out the window, see something, and then goes and gets her gun. Mm -hmm. um and then yeah she turns and like her door is open and it's like what what, how quickly did dean like what did she notice how quickly did dean get in here and open her door it's very it's yeah it's it's fine but it's just sort of uh also she has a big tall cat her cat's Mm -hmm. really good
0: i love her cat it hisses at the rabbit foot
2: yeah yeah this cat it's a magic cat for sure. this is her i want I want Bella and her magic cat adventures just doing crimes. I always love those characters that are like exist in like urban fantasy settings like this, but are just here to like make a buck off of like yes. the weird magic stuff that is happening. It's really good mm-hmm.
1: yeah so then, um, after the commercial break, uh Sam gets his has handed to him by the air conditioner, but back to Dean and Bella. Um, Bella says that there's a lot of money to be made, hunters, artifacts, and talismans. Any one of them could put your children's children through college. And Dean says, so you know the truth about what's really going on out there and this is what you decide to do with it? You become a thief? And Bella says, I procure unique items for a select clientele. And Dean says, yeah, a thief. And she says, no, a great thief. I love her. It's really good banter. Literally girl boss. Yeah. It's- Interesting, the way that their uh, worldviews are contrasted here. Like the oh, so the serial killer is going to preach to us now. Um, yeah, like Dean steals things too, but he mm-hmm. like yeah.
2: he is a doesn't
1: sell them afterwards.
2: He has a higher purpose, them. like for him, it's like yeah. He it's just kind of funny the way, way that does...
1: that he's like, I can't believe yeah. that yeah you are so morally bankrupt for stealing things and selling them, and she's like yeah okay and.
0: Yeah, she literally does not give a flying fuck about, like, morality. Oh, she, I don't remember the exact line, but she essentially says, we're here for a good time, not a long time.
2: Oh, yeah. And Dean's
0: like, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. was just gonna
2: say, um, you hunters with all those amulets and talismans used to stop those big bad monsters, any one of them could put your children's children through college. Which is interesting, like, I did not know... it. <sighs> I've talked before about, like, how many people know about what's going on? Like, why isn't there the classic, like, urban fantasy, like, government agency that's, like, trying to figure out what's up with monsters? It's, like, if they're this common, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, yeah, apparently there is a lucrative, like, cursed object black market in this setting. It's like, well, I want to know what's going on over there.
0: Well, okay, but in real life, people will sell fake, like, Christian artifacts and shit you know, like Pope's fingers and things like that. Um, so I would imagine the overlap between those two communities, the one with the real shit and the one with the fake shit, mm-hmm. is practically a circle. Because I would imagine well, a lot of those people. I mean the difference for the me is, is
2: the fake the, shit the is people selling stuff to marks. Uh, like whereas this appears to be like she mentions later that her client is like a dangerous man. Like he threatens her. Like this is more this is like deep black market. Like stuff like your their clientele is da- are dangerous people who know what this is. Is for me what the difference is.
1: Like See, she's not know... conning
2: people. She is acquiring like actual magic items for yeah, people are, these are basically who know. Weapons. Yeah, she's selling this thing for one point five million dollars. Like she is not conning anybody with this. They're like whoever this is that wants this is going to use it for dangerous things, presumably.
0: I mean, I guess in my head, like her client isn't necessarily wanting to use it might just be a collector maybe. but like being dangerous just kind of comes hand in hand with being like a rich shitty I mean, bag
2: for but me we have like no way of what knowing.
0: like it could we, be we a have collector. no way of knowing no, it could and also this people.
2: is this is yeah. an assassin's dream this foot like It's true. You could kill anybody with this. Like, it's it's easy to make someone pick it up. Like, and it's the perfect crime because most people don't know magic exists. So it's like, yeah, they touch this foot and then, like, a couple days later or whatever, they died in some tragic accident. Like, it's... That's true. This thing is terrifying as, like, a weapon to be used to, like, take out important people or whatever, like, whoever, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: I guess speaking more broadly about Bella, she probably doesn't just deal in the real shit i guess is kind of what maybe i'm going into is like she probably like she could probably recreate some stuff and sell it as the real thing and then turn around and either keep or sell the actual real thing like right i I can just imagine it would just be a sound
1: like it's yeah we can speculate about
2: this yeah we can speculate th- about this all day. Like there's a difference between like conning like stupid people and like actually like participating in the real deal. She gives me the vibe of participating in the real deal more than conning stupid people, but we have no way of knowing. Like people
1: like, are willing to make deals like I just feel like it would a be a sound like, business they trust decision. that she's getting
0: yeah.
2: the
1: real foot an actual yeah. magic item.
0: Well, I mean, art uh thieves do that sort of thing too, right? They just recreate famous pieces and sell them as the real thing. Do
2: they? That's, that's what art I mean, forgers only... do. Art thieves generally well, yeah, steal that's the real what I mean. thing.
0: Listen, my only uh, my only interaction with that sort of crime is white collar, and pretty much half the time I was just staring at his face. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> He's very cute.
2: Yeah, this is something you anyway. can speculate all day because it's a huge blank yes. space, but it's a blank space I'm interested in seeing explored. This is cool. I like this stuff a lot.
1: Yeah, if we skip uh-huh, over Bella's Sam cool. for a minute and continue with Dean and Bella... Um, you already mentioned, Wyatt, that Bella found the foot by um, communing with the ghosts, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and Dean says, so you're only out for yourself, huh? It's all about number one. And Bella says, being a hunter is so much more noble, a bunch of obsessed, revenge-driven sociopaths trying to save a world that can't be yeah. saved, which is really interesting um, perspective on hunting. And Yeah,
2: and then here she says, she says, we're all going to hell, Dean. Might as well enjoy the ride. And
1: mm-hmm. Dean says, "I actually agree with you there because this is season three, and he is going to hell." Yep. Um, mm-hmm. It's really good. Also, Bella's as a scene mirror is established pretty early here. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I've been like rewatching the scene, trying to see if there's a moment where he gets like close enough to the foot to take it, and like it's it's completely. Whenever he does it, it's completely off screen. She leaves yeah. it on yeah. the counter, and like I don't. Like he could have got, he reasonably could have gotten it, but also like it. There's no hint toward. Yeah, that. we don't
1: get to see it. Um, and then he says, "Anywho," um, which is ridiculous uh-huh. because he's cute. And then like he escapes and goes, "See ya." Yeah. <laughs> it's my little yeah, guy. He's cute. Mm-hmm. The way the um, bullets ricochet
2: man. around is funny.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And then, yeah, meanwhile, poor Sam's getting tortured by Kubrick and Creedy.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kubrick says, "I used to think your friend Gordon sent me." And Gordon, Sam goes, "Gordon, oh come on!" And Kubrick says, "Yeah, uh, you know he asked me to put put a bullet in your brain." And Sam goes, "Great, that sounds like him. <laughs> he's so tired. Yeah. yeah, he's like literally
0: tied to a chair with these two crazy people, like ready to kill him. And literally, all he can think about is God. My life sucks."
2: Also, hey, Creedy, I, I don't think is crazy. Creedy tries to stop Kubrick from shooting him.
1: Uh, Kubrick keeps smacking the shit out of Sam as he insists that he was not part of the demon plan. He tried to stop it, and he goes, lie, lie, lie. <sighs> but he's not lying. And he calls him some kind of weirdo psychic freak, uh, which is, I don't remember if we've said this before, but he says that there's no more visions. He doesn't have powers anymore. I think so. I feel like I've mentioned it, but he repeats it here.
2: Yeah, this came up, I think. Because we talked about Eric Kripke. I asked why, and uh, <laughs> this is when we talked about Eric Kripke being bored of it. This is probably a good point to talk about like what this episode is doing thematically, eh?
0: Probably. Yeah, let's go.
2: Yeah, okay, so here is where... Um... Kubrick says, um, this is where he's like, he draws his guns, like, why we can't take chances, we're going to shoot you. And Kubrick says, you saw what happened, Creedy? Ask yourself, why are we here? Because you saw a picture on the web? Because we chose this motel-, motel instead of another? Luck like that doesn't just happen. Uh, it's God, Creedy. He led us here for one reason, to do his work. This is destiny. And then, yeah. Dean shows up and says, nope, no destiny. Just rabbit's foot. And we get slapstick. Yeah. But like,
1: Seeing the nonbeliever we'll, once again.
2: We'll talk about that slapstick so in a moment. Mm-hmm. Well, you say that, but next episode complicates that.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, God, next episode.
1: What?
3: God, next episode. Yeah,
4: it's
2: it's interesting. Yeah, this... this
3: episode.
1: It's it's really good. The way I've, I've I keep just saying it's really good. It is really good. <laughs> um, the way that like in a universe in which the supernatural exists and this character is aware that the supernatural exists he still has faith specifically christian faith in like a higher power that is guiding his movements even though if he would just listen if he wasn't already so caught up in this trail of thinking he might be able to listen to sam who is saying or not sam if dean said it's a rabbit's foot you know um, and like, actually, bother to explain the chain of events that led to Kubrick getting this stroke of divine intervention. Um, he might be able to process that, but even then, like, it's likely that he would say, "Okay, but God is the one who made Sam pick up the rabbit's foot." You know, like, God is still shaping all of the events of the story. But uh, it's it's really good, is the thing.
4: Yeah.
3: Mhm.
0: And most of the other characters in this show have kind of a like God is not in the building sort of viewpoint where like if God exists he doesn't give a fuck about us. Um where Creedy is like that's the right guy, right? He-
2: Kubrick? Kubrick you mean?
0: Kubrick, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Shh. Um he like uses like I'm trying to find my words. Um he's different than most of the other characters in Supernatural where <laughs> he's like built different Especially the other hunters, because most of the other hunters have kind of this like agnostic, Mm -hmm. narciss or not narcissistic nihilistic view of the universe, whereas Kubrick has like strong faith, and he's you know like Emma said he's stuck in his own circle of thinking, where I like I don't think anything could you know shake his faith um, in a world where concrete evidence of such things may exist yeah and I think
2: like they don't get to have the conversation because Kubrick gets knocked out but I feel like knowing people in my life like Kubrick his response to oh it was it like it was this magic like rabbit's foot he would be like well who set me on the path like who who is it this is all part of God's plan like the rabbit's foot is how Mm -hmm. is through which he was acting Is I feel like is what Kubrick would say.
1: Yeah, this is what I was saying. Um, Yeah, and I think the fact that he knows about like magic and um, curses and things like doesn't change the way he approaches faith from like the way anybody else would approach faith because it's already integrated into his worldview. Like if he just found out, um, if we have what we have in this season later, um, a character who also like has religious faith and then finds out about the supernatural which complicates that faith whereas kubrick has both like he knows magic is real and he believes that god's plan is real and involves him um Mm -hmm. because he he understands curses in the same way as like gravity like they're both factually correct and part of god's plan Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: dean uses uh the seeming absence of angels and other evidence of God's existence as evidence that he doesn't, and Kubrick just takes it on faith like a lot of American Christians do um, and don't they, they view the lack of evidence as a test um, rather than like something that they can or should mm-hmm. question if they just kind of accept it. I just think it's very interesting, especially considering the fact that this was written by Ben yeah. Edlund,
1: who, as we've discussed,
0: is Jewish.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's cool that, like, he sees to seems to see hunting as, like, a holy crusade. Yeah. Like, he's a, Extremely. Like a righteous warrior who's, like, saving people because God wants him to save people, but then also killing Sam because God wants him to kill Sam because God clearly led him to Sam. Um, Like, he starts out mm-hmm. without having, like, rabbit's foot clear indication of god's presence so like he's he's kind of iffy about going after sam but gordon convinces him whereas by the end he's like okay i believe that god is trying to tell me to kill this man in the same way that um father gregory was telling people to kill people in um 213 houses of the holy like he thinks he's on a mission Mm. from god to kill sam
2: yep yeah, and like even after he loses here, like his his faith is not broken. Like he is fully down this path at this point.
0: Yeah, well, more than that, he thinks Sam is like Satan yeah. incarnate, and that it's his job to stop the yep. adversary.
2: It's it's interesting. I like the way like magic and the divine interact in urban fantasy. I've always thought it was neat. Mm-hmm, yeah. All like even though. And this is a thing that I wanted to pull on here. Like, hoodoo is a religion. Like, this is... Mm -hmm. If you think about it in that way, like, this... There is also the divine, like, in this, like, cursed rabbit's foot. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. really come up. Like, magic in our world generally is related to some kind of religious tradition. Like, there is, Mm -hmm. like... yeah, I guess, like... 19, like, occultism, like, n- no, because even occultism is often based around, like, thoughts about, um, is like adjacent to Christianity or, uh, like, yeah.
0: Here, maybe I can help you out. The, there are, there exist atheist and secular and agnostic, like, witchcraft practitioners. Mm-hmm. I'm uh I am a witchcraft practitioner. I know like I've been in these communities. This is why I'm talking about this. Um who still like practice the the magic and the word witchcraft is super broad, so it's really difficult to like pin down exactly what goes into it. But for a lot of people, um witchcraft and the spells therein are more about like intention and association. Um so it's a lot easier to secularize that, but all of those practices still have yes. roots in religions whether they be Celtic, yeah. Druidic, you know, Norse, Greek, whatever.
2: Yeah, and a lot um, of it, a lot of it has so, been like retroactively like sort of remade uh just because especially mm-hmm. like uh, Druidic and like Celtic and like uh the various um like british isles traditions that a lot of like contemporary witchcraft is has like partially based itself around like a lot of that is also like was resurrected by the like occultist movement a lot of it is mm-hmm. like kind of made up or is like making guesses uh about things yeah. that like have been dead for so long like have been so thoroughly like colonized out of existence like oh almost like two thousand years ago at this point
3: mm-hmm
0: um, Like, Wicca is a really good example, because from what I remember, Wicca is literally just based on an occultist uh, from the 19th century or the 20th century who kind of just amalgamated a bunch of shit, and then it became a mainstream practice that involves a lot of appropriation and a lot of colonizing thoughts of, like, universalism and things like that things like the threefold law and stuff like that as above Mm. so below like that's a lot of wiccan stuff and a lot of like the discourse in witchcraft communities is people who believe in those things even if they're not wiccans believing that it applies universally um and also like like i said the cultural appropriation Mm -hmm. um i'm not like a historian (laughs) i'm sure there's lots of people on tumblr and on twitter and, like, actual historians uh, who write academia rather than Tumblr posts probably know more about this uh-huh. than I do, but this is just, like, what I've picked up over the last couple years. Um, I don't even remember what got me on this thread. But, yeah. That's our... <laughs> Magic uh, is is generally, like, for for most practitioners, I think it's, it's linked directly to the divine, and there's a very specific, uh, like... Result of colonization for um, people from Europe and European descent, like that creates Mm. this ability to be agnostic, which I could go into, but I'm not gonna. But Mm. that's, I guess, that's what I'm saying. No, thank Um, you for that. That was interesting. From
2: like
1: secularized religion. um, Yeah, I'm also not done either. Judaism is an ethno religion, so like it is possible to be Jewish Mm -hmm. and secular in the sense of like agnostic and or atheistic, Um, and so. Like, it's possible to be Jewish and practice witchcraft, um, although it is not mm-hmm. possible to be Jewish and practice Christianity. Like, that, those don't equate. Um, it is possible to like, have Jewish heritage. I'm not getting into, like, the complicated labels of, like, is versus, like, is descended of, because um, that really depends who you ask, and it's, like, an individual um, choice and preference and whatever. But, like, I don't know where I was going with this, actually. Just wanted to shout that out, I guess. Um, just, yeah, just like the, the idea of like, um, religion coexisting with other beliefs.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of the, the modern conversation hinges around witchcraft being a practice that is sometimes accompanied by a religion, but isn't always, and you can kind of adapt the practice to whatever spirituality you want to apply to. Which again is a very unique, like, result, I think, of the existence of um, religion in the modern world is very unique and interesting. And I don't have the experience to, like, go into it, but I can make.
1: Oh, I remember part of why I wanted to bring up Judaism because, like, it is possible to practice Jewish practices and be of Jewish descent and still not, like, have Jewish faith in that sense so like mm-hmm. it so like it's possible to feel connected to Jewish practice and culture as culture and tradition rather than because you believe god mm-hmm. told you to do these things um but if you're celebrating hanukkah cuz that's what your family does it's still a jewish holiday and like it's really frustrating at christmas season for um going to pretend that christmas is not a christian thing like it just cuz you don't feel it as like a religious Faith-based holiday for you doesn't mean it isn't a Christian-based holiday. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
0: and it's it's Christian mixed with a lot of the like colonized British Isles practices. Um, so it has it's like this weird amalgamation, and it's really easy for uh, people who are not Christian but still like subscribe to a lot of the Christian-based holidays to secularize it in their heads. Because of, like, capitalism and colonization and things Just like that. Just to
2: jump in and correct you for a second, oh, Yule yeah, is Germanic, not uh, British Isles.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Those, all, those <laughs> things all kind of meld together in my brain because I uh-huh. have cheese,
3: but... It's fine.
1: Yeah. Joining the war on Christmas on the side of the aggressors. <laughs> mm-hmm. So true.
2: Yeah, Yule, Yule is the uh, modernization of Yule and uh, Yulnir, which is one of the names for Odin mm mm-hmm. like, yeah Yule was a festival like surrounding
3: mm-hmm.
2: Odin, et cetera et cetera um
0: I'm very out of practice so my my uh my wheel of the year is very <laughs> bad <laughs> um,
2: um okay so the the, the is core that point
1: Kubrick, or?
4: no the
2: core the core point <laughs> that we went off on a big tangent the core point i wanted to make uh-huh. is it's an interesting thing um like the uh, magic that is not related to religion is like a fairly new thing in the history of human beings mm-hmm. and like the the, the disconnection yes. of magic and religion and i think there's interesting stuff here about that with like for example the boys is um uh, uh exorcisms for example that's magic like that's magic tied to a religion like they are performing a ritual that has that causes a like effect unrelated to Like the causality of physics, uh, which is for me what magic, a a decent way to describe magic. um, Yeah, that's fair. That like is interacting with like the supernatural world in a way that like is unclear. Like there's the causality of like speaking these words, removing a demon from a person is unclear. And thus there's a certain degree of like magicness about it. Like it's a it's a spiritual slash faith based slash like again, like magical thing. And it's something about, there's something there for me about the differences and similarities between the rabbit's foot and that, and, like, the idea of, like, divorcing even, like, like, Dean says the exorcisms, like, without believing in them, and, like, they still work. Mm There is similarly a, like, disconnect there between, like, the ritual and the faith, um, yeah, we'll probably, like, um, talk about this sort a further day. It happens date. Like, to be, I... like,
1: a very secular-seeming um, magical item in that,
4: mm-hmm. like,
1: it, it doesn't have to do with any specific religion, as far as I can tell. Well, no, that's um, not true. It's hoodoo. It is literally just setting on a fire. Oh, you're right. It was made, it was um, made
2: by a hoodoo uh, conjure woman, as Bobby says, which... Yeah, that's a religious. Okay. That's what. That's why. That's okay, why, so the, that's the why I brought this up to begin are, with yeah. is that the the this object is yeah. a religious object.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, I this think what specific I was rabbit, sp- was like but in general, it, the idea of a rabbit's of it, foot in don't general re- don't require understanding it at all. Like literally, just touching it is mm. enough. You don't need yeah, to like invoke true. it in any way. Whereas, like demons, I'm going to specify demons because like that's more obviously connected to like a religious. Um, cosmology of like the the fact that an exorcism works which is like derived from like like it like it's in latin and it calls on god um that's that's pretty specific um but like this idea that it could work even if you don't believe in it is still really interesting whereas the rabbit's foot you don't even need to believe in anything yeah, you know, Like, you don't even need to acknowledge mm-hmm. that there's something to believe in in order for the rabbit's foot to have an effect.
0: And I think that's part of, like, I think it's a cursed object thing, as, like, it's more utilitarian if it just applies no matter what.
1: If that makes sense? <laughs> like, it's more um, universally applicable? Like, you don't need to go after Christians?
0: Yeah, or, like, their use as weapons, like... You don't necessarily want a weapon that only works on people who understand its mm-hmm. origins. You want a weapon that will, like, just hurt whoever touches it. As a, like, as a cursed object, it's more useful that way, unless you want it specific.
2: I mean, you're, <laughs> now we're getting into, I don't know, now, like, now we're getting into a sense, thing that but... we could absolutely spin off and talk about, which is, like, the cultural anthropology of magic, and the fact that, yes, magic mm-hmm. is something that works only on people who believe in it, yeah. like, in the real world
0: yeah or or like the the interpretation of like magic just being like a concentration of universal energies or like manifestation or the wonky workings of brain chemistry um the way like modern magic is in in our world is very strange but in like an interesting way
2: we need to stop talking about this now
0: yes we do (laughs) keep
1: tune in in 3 years for our, yeah, our we'll just uh, cultural anthropology it up the podcast i think like <laughs> yeah. this shows up in the
2: show don't worry about it anyway then dean and says i'm batman not
1: like we are a- afraid to retread old <laughs> yeah out. yeah clearly yeah dean <laughs> does say he he he's batman little, i'm it's batman a batman which is another classic moment
2: yep
3: <laughs>
1: yes a very gifable yeah moment. i'd
2: forgotten that batman begins predates the show
1: um on that note though jensen Ackles that- does go on to act um
2: yeah, he's uh, Jason Todd in Under the Red Jason Hood. Todd.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Mitch showed me
0: a scene from that, and I went, hey, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> I know that man.
2: Yeah, and then Kubrick gets knocked out. Um, um What's yeah. up?
0: Oh, I was just going to mention also that uh, Jensen Ackles currently plays a superhero
2: yeah and the boys in uh
0: the boys which was also written by eric kripke
2: um anyway final scene uh they go i i guess like you said just burn it but that's not true there's they do do a ritual here like kyan pepper is involved which is interesting i don't know what's up with that but um it is like it isn't that they just burn it like they need to do a a ritual Mm -hmm. to remove its effects
1: you're right i take back Um, my claims then
2: because uh, yeah, Bobby had to go. Like Bobby wasn't sure if they could destroy it. Like he did this whole like research into it and just found off screen or whatever. But uh, yeah, Dean says goodbye have it. and then Bella shows up. Uh, and I wanted to call out Dean's specific line earlier because he tries it again here and rolls a hard failure it's like you're not gonna shoot anybody i happen Mm -hmm. to be able to read people okay you're a thief fine but you're not it's like he's using the exact script it's like Like, is this just a thing he says to people and then yeah she just shoots sam in the shoulder um
1: he's like hey it worked before it's
2: very good very (laughs) girl boss of her um and then
0: when you roll to protect someone but you get to use your uh charisma yeah. instead of your dexterity
2: um yeah then she says dean who throws here has the... shot a few people yep <laughs> which is true
1: so true bestie
2: uh dean throws the foot at her gets the better of her here um
1: he's so smart and pretty
2: he is and then yeah this is where she says on the bad side of a very powerful fairly psychotic buyer does this come up again
1: i think so we're definitely okay, going to see Bella again. So I'm pretty sure good. this is continuity.
2: I want to know who her buyer is so badly.
1: I don't know if that it's much mean. comes up, but okay. we'll see. Um, and yeah, Dean goes, I don't, wow, Yeah, I, really I don't, don't remember, but that. that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: he's he's straight up like, don't care, didn't ask. <laughs> he says, oh, plus, you shot my brother angry. in the shoulder.
1: <laughs> he's so annoying. I adore him. He's such a bitch in this scene. I love it.
2: He is
1: but then she bitches him right back by honking at them as she drives away with their 46,000, and he goes, son of a bitch!
0: Uh-huh. I love when Dean gets... Is this is this the, the iconic son of a bitch moment? It's one of them. The one that's always gift? Well, there's a very specific... I'd have to look at it, but there's a very specific son of a bitch that is the son of a bitch gift. <laughs>
1: Um, then Kubrick. Listen, I don't is, have a lot of jobs on this and show. Again, and again, he goes, God led me to him and his will is clear. And Gordon's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he goes, okay.
2: Yeah. That's great. Gordon's Gordon, <laughs> like, I, see, imagining this in Gordon's perspective is really funny. He sends Kubrick out. And Kubrick's mm-hmm. like on the fence. He's like, I don't know about this man, but like, I'll listen to you. Like, it, Gordon's the one who says, you think I'm crazy at the front like kubrick laughs nervously like the the bookends and the way they've like flip-flopped uh in terms of like who's the quote-unquote crazy one is really good just like gordon sends him out and then he comes back like i don't know a week later or whatever and is fully like completely like i said joker-fied like he's beyond (laughs) the pale at this point
1: yeah yeah um it is, it is. That was my last like note it. for this episode. Are we good to move to the next?
0: Yeah, my last notes are just, ugh, in all caps, and key smash Bella heart.
2: <laughs> okay, actor facts for this episode. This is where my foreshadowing from earlier comes home to roost. Uh, Kubrick is played by Michael Massey. Uh, who uh, some may know as the gentleman from uh, the Amazing Spider Man movies, more so Amazing Spider Man 2. I think he's just a cameo in the first one. Um, he's also Ira Gaines in 24. Um, and most infamously, played the character Fun Boy in the movie, the, uh, in the 90s movie The Crow, which I bring up here because Michael Massey is the man who accidentally killed Bruce Lee's son. The actor Brandon Lee, uh, the star of the movie The Crow, was killed on set by a improperly like managed prop gun uh, that was fired by Michael Massey. It says in his like Wikipedia description, like, yeah, he took, an, he took a year off acting. This is something he apparently still has nightmares about. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah, that's a rough situation to be in having accidentally killed a person with a gun. Um,
0: and also, contemporaneously, yes. we had an yes. accident just like this a couple of months yeah. ago. Um, I don't remember what the movie set was. Baldwin Unlost? Yeah. Lost? Something like that? Yeah.
2: That's not right.
0: Rust. I knew it was wrong. <laughs> Is it Rust? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a lot of people talk about like how the, this issue of prop guns relates to like unions... <laughs> Uh, Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that and like a lot of like labor rights stuff so it's a big thing um it is still like it's such a huge tragedy whenever it happens um and it's really difficult to like i don't know if place blame is the right word but like just find answers and closure um because me like unintentional manslaughter is always so difficult because it's like you want someone to be at fault because like how else can your brain like come to terms with the meaningless tragedy but it doesn't usually work like that
2: yeah yeah it was like in august 1993 lee's mother linda lee cadwell fired a lawsuit against the filmmakers alleging negligence in the death of her son the suit was settled two months later under undisclosed terms yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's a really sad situation like for everyone involved Mm -hmm. the the gun was basically what happened was um the um there was they unloaded the gun but there was a bullet like still in the barrel that they forgot to unload that was a dummy round Mm -hmm. um that was like a dummy round is basically like a live cartridge that has the powder charges removed from it um so Mm -hmm. it yeah and they didn't they didn't take the primers out, and like because of that, um it was the bullet was separated from the casing and pushed into the gun barrel uh and it got stuck in there and then, when he fired the gun when it was supposed to be a blank round, the gun that was stuck in the barrel was like shot out and killed him, yeah, mm-hmm. it sucks it's really sad it's a it's sad yeah. um and yeah, so that's him. <laughs> Kubrick's the guy like just, just doing actor effects is where he'd be like, Kubrick was the guy who killed Brandon Lee? Um Yeah That's that's him. He uh also, I guess while we're in the sad hours, um Michael Massey died, I think like a few years ago of stomach cancer. He died yeah. in twenty
0: sixteen, yeah. So
2: rip rips all around.
0: Yeah, big F's uh
2: that. moving on from that, uh <laughs> So Grossman is um, Rothgar Lee, who plays uh, who played Ned H- Ned Yost on When Calls the Heart. Uh, as far as I'm aware, he's been a bunch of episodes of that show, so I should call that out here, even though I know nothing about When Calls the Heart. Uh, and then Wayne is uh, Christian Tessier, Tessier, Tessier. My my brain goes to Tessier when I say a name, see a name like that, like, but I'm not sure. None of us um, would know. Yeah, I know it's fine. Um, <laughs> who, uh, he played Duck on Battlestar Galactica, a character I do know, uh, is one of the Viper pilots, and then, uh, another character I know, Bella, is, uh, Lauren Cohen, uh, Cohan, yeah, co- uh, who is Martha Wayne in Batman vs. Superman, and also Maggie on The Walking Dead, most famously,
1: And she's George. um,
2: yeah, and, um, she, I think this was one of her first roles, hmm, Okay, no, she was in a few, she was, like, a few extras in movies before this. She was in uh, 2005 Casanova as a nun, I think, and then Van Wilder, The Rise of Taj, which I know nothing about, um, directed DVD National Lampoon movie, Um, but yeah, she was in The Bold and the Beautiful, and then Supernatural as, like, I think her first main role as Bella Talbot, and then goes on to be in more things is t- t- 2011 is Maggie in The Walking Dead and then that's like was her big claim to fame I suppose. Uh she also plays the Exo Stranger in Destiny. She plays um uh Elsie Bray uh which is funny to me.
1: She's going to voice Julia Pennyworth in Catwoman Hunted oh.
2: in 2022. That's cool. Shout outs. Uh <laughs> yeah okay so that's 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 all the actors uh that have like big roles that's that yeah that and that's the episode um (laughs) now we will uh take a break and when we come back uh, we will talk about episode four (laughs) yeah
1: 34 Four, Sin City was written by Robert Singer and Jeremy Carver. It is the first time either of these people is writing. Robert Singer has been involved with the show before. Jeremy Carver has not. Um, but this is their first writing credit for each of them. So we open in a Catholic church. Andy, who has no relation to our Andy. This is a different guy yeah. who happens to be named Andy. Says that God is not with us anymore and he kills himself. Title card. Um, we see Bobby, who's, like, fussing around with the cult, trying to do something with it. Dean and Sam find a case in Elizabethville, Ohio, which is, like, this really boring place that Dean is disappointed. Um or it's supposed to be it's a really boring place. So they go find it and it's like some sort of party town now, which is weird. And so the boys talk to Father Gill who saw the cold open happen and he says that Andy and some other guy who also like committed un- unexpected violence, uh, both had personality changes about 2 months ago, which is right when the gate was opened and when Elizabethville became party central. So Dean and Sam go to their hotel, they run into Dean's old friend Richie. Um Richie's hanging out with a sex worker. And he knows about hunting, but according to Dean, is not capable enough for it. So he's Mm -hmm. not going to do well. Uh, Richie points them towards Trotter, who practically owns this town, at the bar. uh, Richie and Dean are, you know, kind of objectifying women, and Father Gill, weirdly also acts like a creep, which Sam finds off-putting. Then Dean flirts with the bartender, Casey. In the corner, a couple guys have a fight, and one of them... Shoots the other, but Dean tackles him before he can shoot himself. Uh Sam splashes them with holy water, but there's no effect, so it's not demons possessing this guy. Uh Casey has vanished with Richie. She is leading him to a basement for some weird spooky sex dungeon. Psych! It's actually a killing murder dungeon. Uh-huh. And so she <laughs> she kills Richie. Uh Ruby shows up to help rip, Bobby with rip the Rip to a legend. Uh, the cult, as Bobby has it, doesn't kill Ruby, which means he hasn't done it properly. She offers to actually help him make it a demon killing gun again. Uh, Sam follows Trotter while Dean refuses to pay for sex, and so instead he goes off with Casey. Um, Trotter turns out not to be a demon with Sam's investigation, and so Sam is very <laughs> wrong footed and embarrassed and leaves. It's really, it's really good. cute. We'll talk about it. Uh, Dean in Casey's basement reveals that he scoped it out beforehand, so now she is stuck in a devil's trap. And he starts the exorcism, but she destroys the book that he's reading from, and she caves in the exit. So now they are trapped. They have to wait to see who's going to show up first, another demon or Sam. Uh, Sam is searching for Dean while Dean is chatting with Casey about how she tempted Trotter into making Elizabethville a den of vice. And so they have a cool talk about demon theology we'll get to. And Mm -hmm. in the meantime, Sam is talking to Father Gill, who comes with him to the correct location, except, oh no, Father Gill is also a demon.
2: Gasp. Um.
1: Dean chats with Casey some more about his deal. We finally learn that Yellow Eye's name is Azazel. Uh, finally. <laughs> and the fact that the war no longer has a leader in Sam does not mean that it's been averted. It's just made hell more chaotic. They're all fighting for power. Most of them are out against Sam, um, who finally shows up with Father Gill. Bobby and Ruby show up to shoot Father Gill. Shoot at them. Doesn't actually kill him. Uh, and so they give Sam the cult, so he goes in to save Dean. Uh, inside, Father Gale and Casey kiss as he frees her from the devil's trap, and she tells him not to kill Dean, uh, but Sam shows up and shoots them both with the Colt, which now works again as a demon-killing gun. Congrats. In the aftermath, we see that the town is unchanged, despite the um, removal of the demons, so um, much to discuss there. Mm-hmm. And then Dean has a quick little, do you think Sam might be evil now? Talk with Bobby, and Sam does not shoot Ruby. That's the episode
2: that's the episode. <sighs> this this is an interesting one.
1: Yeah, there's a lot here.
2: One thing I'm curious about is the way this show moves through time confuses me sometimes. It's often unclear just how much time has passed until there's like an indicator in the plot of like oh, it's been such and such like a year and a half since Jess died or whatever. But in this particular case I don't think it could have been more than, like, a month or two since It says two the... months. Yeah, oh, it says two months? Yep. Excellent. Well, now I don't even have to speculate. Yet, two <laughs> months feels like not a lot of time for this entire town's, like, vibe to have changed like this. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's the that's... point.
1: They're surprised.
2: Right. But if the, if the point is that al- almost none of this is actually to do with, like, demonic involvement- Yeah, it is pretty abrupt. Okay, that's not just me, then.
1: No, I think it's, like, the point is that it's abrupt. Like, they're going for a little bit of shock value. Right. Like, is it realistic? I don't know, but I do know that they meant it to be sharp.
2: Sure, no, yeah, I get that. I'm just like, okay, what... How did this happen? Like, I wish we knew more about, like, the material reality of the town before, like, it got turned into, like, Maz Isley, but...
1: Um, Sam says it's a half dead factory town. In yeah, the house built.
2: I wish it had gone more into that because there could there's like some interesting stuff that this episode could be saying about like the relationship between like poverty slash like lack of like being able to do things. You know, like if your if your town is dead, like and the work is dried up, um, like that can lead to like unhappiness and not having enough money it leading to, like, I don't know, violence and crime and, like, d- shooting someone over, uh... I forgot what those two were arguing about.
1: I, I think one of them saw the other sh-
2: guy's wife. Right, right. Or, like, the guy who killed himself. hmm But it doesn't really lean into that. It mostly uses that as a backdrop.
3: hmm
1: Right. Well, I think the point is that, like, it... it... That's the equivalent of this episode's red herring, right? Like, it wants you to think that demons are possessing these people, making them into terrible people, mm-hmm. exaggerating all their reactions. And then it's like, no, the sound is just under constant purge rules. <laughs> Once again, Supernatural attempts to say something or, like, nods in the direction of saying something about society. And then it's just like, no. Yeah. We're not going to say it. You can say it for us.
2: <laughs> it has to be unwoven for, with, with a pair of tweezers
1: literally are we ready to move to chronology yep okay so my first note is from the cold open i think it fucks extremely hard that andy when he says god is not with us has like the stained glass behind him in a way that looks like Mm -hmm. a halo excellent Mm -hmm. cinematography there love that well and he's up in like the the baptism
2: thing whatever that's called i
1: do not know what that place is called yeah me neither shockingly i've never been
0: in a church I didn't know that was a thing. I thought it was just, like, balcony seats
3: for church.
2: <laughs> oh, no, wait. Wait, is it the front or the back? I don't know. It might be actually at the back, looking at this. I couldn't tell what was. Alex says it's probably
0: for facing.
2: the choir. Hmm. Thank
4: well, you for regardless, your Regardless, it's ads. a place
2: that is uh, that is significant in terms of, like, the way like the glasses frame behind his head etc cetera, etc cetera.
1: yeah it's mm-hmm. really good it's it looks good. very good um, and he says he says father god's not with us not anymore and the priest tries to reassure him and he says he can't help us and if he can he won't which yeah. slaps in context of mm-hmm. supernatural but also like in general, which again which sort of online. makes you think
2: that's like does this guy know that demons are here but but no it's just the the, the town the town's gone bad quote-unquote
0: Totally normal uh, crises of faith.
2: Yeah. Well, nor- like, perhaps an exa- more exaggerated than normal, considering, but... Fair. Like, most people that have crisis- a crisis of faith don't off themselves in front of a big stained glass window dramatically, as if they're a character on a television show. <laughs>
1: Um, are we good to move past yes. the cold open? Do we have a yeah. lot um, to
2: say? I love Bobby's little I workshop.
1: Love Bobby. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's, also, I he's... love Bobby's face. Yeah. He makes and a particular face. The boys face. are annoying him. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, they're like, can it, is it going to be able to kill demons? And he goes, "It can kill you.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's I like such a dad. Sort of,
2: I like this like funky like Bobby's crafting music. Like I don't know, there's a there's a sort of things are happening um, vibe to it that I like.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I think Bobby should bullet journal.
2: <laughs> I just really like his house. He's got all sorts of like cool stuff around it. His workshop is full of like neat little things. He has so many books, just stacks upon stacks upon stacks mm-hmm. of books. Man's room <laughs> looks like mine. He's got to invest in a new bookshelf. <laughs>
0: Bobby's house is such a great set. It's so good. It's so good.
2: He's also got a bunch of like shot glasses lined up on top of his little, like, what I believe is his um, tool drawers, which is a nice little detail. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, it's good. Um, my next note is when Sam and Zen are talking to Father Gill, and Father Gill says that it was two months ago. There's a sub uh, typo in the Netflix subtitles that says two months ago, <laughs> 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 which is completely irrelevant to the show. It just made me laugh. Mhm. It's funny.
2: That is funny. Yeah. Anyway, um this guy who killed himself also cheated on his wife, so that's our where we're I guess two for two in terms of people doing in terms of people that seem like they've been inflicted by demon stuff before we know what's actually happening.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't know. I don't know if there's anything there, but it's interesting. Mhm. Gamble away all his money destroyed his business
1: yeah the way that supernatural uses like sex booze gambling as yeah. shorthand for like yeah being evil and then has coherent thought there it's just like consistent well i
2: don't know if it's saying this guy's evil but like is being evil. we are like, supposed to think being, that evil has influenced bad. him yeah. yeah
0: and then we have the main character whose main personality traits consistently are sex booze and gambling
2: mm-hmm yeah it's true.
1: It's it's interesting. It's true. Other people are bad for doing it, but Dean is just Dean for doing
2: Dean's it. Dean's cool for doing it.
1: Yeah, Dean's <laughs> Dean's built different. Dean is above the rules of society, including uh-huh. morality.
2: Uh-huh. Um it is interesting that um all we get about uh the two people, um, Tony and Andy uh that Father Gill talks about. Like we know now, like at the end of the episode, that Father Gill is an unreliable narrator. So the extent to which the like him saying like, oh his personality suddenly changed could also be like him lying to the boys slash like attempting to mislead them. Mm-hmm. Which is a neat like uh looking back on it thing. Mm-hmm.
1: But also Father Gill attempts to comfort Andy before he kills himself. So I don't know if he was possessed at that point.
2: Hmm. I got the vibe that he had always been possessed. Father Gill does. There is like, wait. Um,
1: he's possessed by the time that he's like being creepy about women. And I think that is the implication. Like, mm. it's startling that a priest is behaving in the same sleazy way that Dean is.
2: I um, had the so, so feeling I think he's
1: a demon then, but I don't think he's a demon in the cold open. But I. I'm going to
2: disagree with that because I think Mm -hmm. the vibe is that like it's on it's like two sides like part of the reason why Father Gill's congregation like are particularly doing this is like he is like funneling them in some way toward his like demon partner like Mm -hmm. they're working together Mm -hmm. to corrupt this town is the vibe I got. Yeah. Like I think okay, the reason why he's uh, attempting to comfort Andy is he is because the nun is there. Like he yeah. is he is acting because he doesn't want to blow his cover. He's chewing up the scenery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I God I agree is with.
2: Help you, Andy.
0: I agree with Wyatt. Um, yeah, because I, I like that take. he's the he's like Catholic priest. My uh, the end of my thought process here is that like in confession, he's like subtly manipulating yeah. people. Um, and then he also knows their weaknesses towards vice because they confess them to him mm-hmm. it's actually a really strategic mood for, move for yeah. demons also sorry this just occurred to me um we don't get any indication that these two demons are specifically like particularly high ranking except for the fact that uh the the one demon manages to uh make magic outside of the, the demon trap. Yeah. Um and yet he can be a priest and walk around in a church and presumably give sermons and things.
2: Hmm. Good point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good
2: point. I didn't think about that.
0: So it's possible we that these are make kind make of like major league holograms. demons like Meg, but hmm. there's not really any canon nod to that that
1: particularly.
4: Yeah. Well, they're dead we
1: might now. Find some mm-hmm. more Evidence for or against that when we get to talking about Casey's conversation with Dean. Yeah. Like I don't remember for sure off the top of my head, but when we get there, we might see something. Okay. About like their canonical status in hell. How...
2: Anyway, then we meet Richie, who is great. I, I love, love Richie. I love Richie He's... so much.
1: He literally says, "Forget about it." He literally does say, "Forget about it." That's my boy.
0: <laughs> New Yorker representation. I think it's interesting
1: that Richie knows Dean's real full name. Like, he calls yeah. him Dean Winchester, he didn't give him a fake name, he's a, yep. like, he's in on the hunting.
2: They're buddies. But
1: they said that they met in school, Dean says that they were in school together, and Richie says it was at Succubus and Canarsie, right? Yeah,
0: they, I don't know, I think, I think it is really interesting, but usually other hunters know the Winchesters' full names. Um. Yeah. So I assume that's like why, because he's not a civilian. He's just dumb.
2: Yeah.
1: Also, if they were in school, I think Dean might have been using his real name because he didn't have like a mm. proper criminal record. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Doesn't need to hide it.
1: He's got to have a school transcript. He needs his name for that. That's true.
2: Yeah, I love Richie. I love when he answers the phone. He goes, talk to me.
1: I
0: know. He's and, such a sleazeball, and I love him.
2: And uh, when Dean's like, you you notice anything in this town? And he goes, no, I got nothing. And he sits down on the couch. Oh, you mean his demons and whatnot? Pause. No, I got nothing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's a very fun character.
2: I am I'm. I was very sad when he died. I was like, no, I wanted Richie to come back. This actor is so much fun.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I was expecting and him. Ash are hanging
0: out in heaven. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, hitting the bong with Andy and Ash. Um, I was kind of expecting Richie to call Dean, like, baby in that way yeah. that Brooklyn-ese, uh, caricatures do. I don't know <laughs> I if they really do that. He can't make
1: his ex-boyfriends that obvious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe that's an Italian thing. I don't know. Sometimes they mesh in my head. But when it's like, hey, Tony, baby.
4: hmm
0: <laughs> I love doing this in front of someone who's actually from New York.
1: <laughs> it's okay. I'm just, I'm just chilling here. <laughs> I'm actually looking at Jeremy Carver's Wikipedia page because I want to see if he's a New Yorker. I don't see anything on Wikipedia though. Tragic. um While I'm on Carver though, Carver is going to be the showrunner after Sarah Gamble, well, co-showrunner with Robert Singer. So this is their collaboration debut.
0: Wait, That's Richie's cool. played by Jeremy Carver?
2: No, 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 Richie... no.
1: Carver wrote this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> Richie okay. is played by
2: Martin Papa- Papazian.
1: Because I'm, like, 90% sure that he's Jewish. So I want to see if he's also New York. Mm. Okay, I'm pretty sure that Jeremy Carver's father is Jewish. I don't know any more detail than that. But yeah, he does a bunch of episodes, and he's very hard to pin down in terms of, like, what he's like. So we will get to more episodes and see.
2: Um, when... (laughs) When they're in the, just a, another Richie thing, we can, we can go back if I'm skipping too far ahead, but when he says he has to go to the bathroom, he says, release the hostages.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which
2: I've never heard before, it make me crack up.
0: Yeah, it's really good.
2: Uh, and yeah, when he, when, <laughs> he's also wearing this, like, nice shirt, and he's like, and he, uh, Dean says, bringing satin back. Says, oh, you like this? Try Thai Silk Canal Street to pay $300 for sweats like these. Easy. Cost to me? Forget about it. Sam says, how much is forget about about it? it. Yeah. And he goes, ah, forget about it. It's. I love him so much.
1: It's so. He says that he has a thing going with the bartender. Dean says, yeah, right. And Richie says, stings, don't it? (laughs) He's so good.
0: Literally. He's such a cheese ball. (laughs) This is is why he and Dean (laughs) get along. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's, a, there's an interesting thing when they're talking about, like, going back slightly, uh, when they're talking about Andy, um, Dean says, why would a demon blow his brains out? And Richie says, well, for fun, you know, he wrecks one body with moves another, you know, like taking a car- stolen car for a joyride, um, which, you know, isn't what happened, but is, like...
1: A solid pitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to see fix of Dean and Richie crashing cars for fun.
4: <laughs> yes.
2: um, yeah, the reason I, I bring that up is because it seems to me like, in most cases, demons are fairly attached to the bodies they end up possessing. Like, except for, I guess, the one in Flight 401. Like, we don't see them, like, body swapping that often once they've, like, picked a host. But I don't know whether that will continue to be true.
1: I mean, well, the Casey demon specifically is, like, attached to the Casey body, where she says, like, mm-hmm. Casey's so pretty, I wouldn't want to hurt her. Um, but Dean finds that weird. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think
3: th- th-
0: more likely it's just less inconvenient to keep one actor for a fairly sure. long stint. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I I think there is evidence in the, the fiction that demons... If nothing else, don't unless it's their actual goal, don't want to switch bodies unless it's absolutely necessary.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's probably easier for them to be hosted than to be black smoke all the time. Like yeah. they've mm-hmm. gotten out of hell. They want to be settled.
0: Mm-hmm. So I can see a demon being like, Yeah, I'm just gonna fucking kill a bunch of humans, yeehaw. But I yeah, think like most demons for who have demon. Yeah. Um but most demons have other plans. Mm-hmm. So they're like, it's much easier to be in one body.
1: Also, the fewer people you have to imitate, the less likely that a hunter will pick up on your trail. That's like if true. If everyone yeah. in town suddenly starts doing weird things and killing each other, or just like dying mysteriously one after the other, someone's going to notice that as like demonic omens. Um, whereas if you just have one guy who's acting a little weird, it's like, Probably nothing. Mm-hmm. Mhm. So this in that sense this feels like the same question of like why don't demons possess hunters. It's like, well, they don't want to get sent back to hell.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the more bodies you're swapping, the more noticeable you probably would be. Mm-hmm. Also. Um Anyway, I guess going back to the bar scene, uh yeah, we got Father Gill here who is being a little weird. The vibe mm-hmm. I got initially was that like he's maybe suspicious of Sam and Dean or something. Like, he's here to... Like, he says, like it or not, you go where your flock is. um, Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I mean, we know... I mean, it's not weird because we know why he's here, like, now, but at the moment, it's weird.
0: Uh, I always kind of interpreted it as... Um, before we know that he's a demon, as Father Gill being, like, kind of resigned and, like, yeah. fighting the same battles that everyone else in the town is. um, So he like, is being led astray. And so he's yeah. resigned himself to drinking in the sleazy bar and stooping to the level of the people around him because it's too hard to be the, like, glowing um, role model.
2: Mm-hmm. There's also a kind of fun thing here of, like, at the moment, it's like, this scene between Casey and Father Gill is kind of creepy and weird, but now in hindsight, we know that, like, the these demons are flirting with each other. <laughs> Uh huh. It like is kind of right, cute in right retrospect. in front of Sam and Dean. It is kind of cute.
1: I like that when uh, Dean saves that guy, and the, the cops show up to go arrest him for murder. And uh, the cop says, "You boys ready for your mugshots?" And they both look yeah. very nervous. And he's like, "You're gonna, you know, take your picture for the local paper." And they're like, "Wow, what a thrill! Time to go."
2: Yeah, yeah. This good. is it's I. Really I referenced good. this last time with the uh, the picture that got taken of them with the restaurant. Of like, well, yeah, yeah no, take. Is, yeah. Don't get your pictures taken, boys. It, it, bad things happen when you do it. Mhm. And then uh, rip to Richie.
3: Rip
0: Richie. Yeah.
2: yeah. All right. Hold on, was there anything else in the in the this guy in the this fight scene? Just double checking. I don't think Does so. That count the guy, fight scene?
1: Oh, I thought you meant Casey killing Richie and I was like, that no, wasn't really
2: a fight. No, no. I mean the, the like I guess drama scene anyway.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: No, there isn't. Um yeah, when when he's being led down, he's like, you know, I this is kinda weird, but you know, he wants man wants to get laid. Um, and, uh, he he does say, though, you sure you wouldn't be more comfortable in a bedroom or my motel room? I mean, not for nothing, but, you know, I got oils. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then Casey says, but I have toys. And he's like, oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Toys trump oils, for sure. He's
2: he's here for it.
0: Yeah. He's he's kind of starting to understand the weird, like, dungeon.
2: Uh Or at least he thinks he does. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I like- I like the reveal of her saying- I mean, at this point, like, we as the audience know that something's up because this is a creepy dungeon, and she's, like, lighting ritual candles and stuff.
0: She's really Um, laying it on thick.
2: Yeah, but it is really good when she just says, like, not when I've got a hunter to protect me, and he's like, "Uh uh-oh. gate here."
0: Yeah.
2: And, like, goes for his knife, and then just- the the way uh, the way his head twists all the way around is real rough. Man eats it mm-hmm. real hard. My mm-hmm. notes mm-hmm. just
1: say "yikes" in all caps. Yeah, and then Dean calls Richie a sweet moron. Definitely mm-hmm. an ex.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Honestly, it's amazing that he survived being a hunter this long. If he's as big of a moron as he is in this episode. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, this is what I mentioned earlier um, of. Uh, like yeah you know we there there there's a spectrum of hunters that and whether or not and how long they live in terms of mm-hmm. like oh bobby's been around for a while john's been around for a while richie has been around i guess for as long as dean has but uh this is not his specialty i suppose i guess this well, is the thing not as
1: long as dean because dean started when he was four but I, yeah I get right
2: point. sure
1: since he was in school, yeah, for like maybe ten years, so then, which is not an insignificant number of years. It's true. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I my point was though is we do know that demons are uh like we're not that common since before the gate opened. So perhaps this is like perhaps he is he was sticking mostly to small fry before this. Maybe mostly ghost uh exorcisms, which are yeah, basic uh, salt and burns. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's true, yeah. Anything more complicated he would call someone else up to help him.
2: I guess they did deal with the succubus, which I assume is a demon in this settings lore. I don't know. But I don't know.
1: Maybe I feel it's like a we deal with of demon the way we've talked
2: okay.
4: about
0: Okay. I wasn't sure if they come up again in the show. But I can't remember. So.
1: So then we get Bobby and Ruby.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: which is fun they
4: have this good this seems banter.
2: fun yeah
1: i
0: love ruby flashing her eyes and going call it an educated guess like you're so mm-hmm. dramatic i love you
1: yeah it's also funny that like they can clearly do the black eyes on command mm-hmm. so anytime they're doing it it's literally just because they want to mm-hmm. yeah it's just for drama
2: it's just for drama. All demons are are dramatic. <laughs> There's actually a line later where Dean, like, points out that, like, all the, the thing we keep saying of all demons are dramatic bitches. And mm-hmm. um, Casey had a fun response that we'll get to. Um, yeah. But, yeah. It's... So, like,
1: whenever, whenever like, a demon says something and then, like, for dramatic irony it shows us, the audience, that their eyes go black. Oh, my God. It must be a demon. Like, that means that the demon is just sitting there, like, you know, it will be really fucking funny.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: If I were a character in a TV show, <laughs> and I showed the audience. I showed
2: the camera, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, it's interesting. This scene with Bobby is interesting, because I got the sense that he was scared and trying to not show it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this when he says, yeah, backyard. when he says, like, found a subject for a test fire, it's like, there's some bravado there. Mm-hmm. And the way he like,
1: because he doesn't know if the gun works, and apparently yeah. it doesn't. So he's he's got his life in his hands as far as he can he's concerned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Ruby says, "Are you gonna stand there like a waste or are you gonna shoot?" And he shoots her.
2: Yeah. She like staggers and she back. Us, Ouch.
1: Yeah. Um, she complains and, about her shirt.
2: Yeah. Bobby says, "What do you want?" She says, "Peace on Earth and your shirt." She's good. Yeah. I like Ruby a lot.
0: Uh huh. She's great.
2: Uh, then we get brief scene of Sam sneaking into Trotter's office nothing really there except i like no. Sammy being sneaky i like him like pressing up against the wall like getting the phone call being like not now now's a bad time
0: <laughs> yeah i love his little oh god when he realizes that he is in fact fucked up
2: yeah we'll it's get a, that's uh, not yeah but we're we'll get to we're skipping ahead
1: the scene we can skip the oh, okay. well
4: just gonna... yeah it's let's just, uh, it's let's let, let not talk about this so. whole
2: thing at once because it's not cuz like yeah. that's all that happens um like, it's so he's funny. peering around he's the corner. He's confronting them. He's like, yeah,
1: he's like I, I think maybe you know what I'm doing here. And Charter goes, Yeah, well, I think yeah. I'm calling the cops. And Sam's like, Cops? What? <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny.
0: It was in that moment S- that he knew he had
1: fucked up. Had fucked up. And then he grabs the gun and. Uh, Trotter goes, money's in the safe, and Sam's like, I don't want your money. I just got to be sure. And splashes them with holy water, and they both go like, What the fuck are you doing? And he goes, yeah. Oh God. Uh,
2: <laughs> I do really like this. Like it's such we don't, good, Sammy. We don't get interactions like this very often, but it really like shows like hunters are dangerous people. Like the the um Trotter is like so startled when Sam like does the gun grab move. Um, mm-hmm. it's good. It's like, oh, wait, yeah, Sammy, despite being, like, our awkward boy and is, like, less tough and cool than Dean, like, is still, like, is he's still a, a higher level than a regular human <laughs> in yeah. that way. Like, uh-oh, wait, who's this, like, weirdo I'm dealing with?
0: Yeah, and he's also placed above Trotter, who allegedly owns the town, because yeah. Trotter, like...
2: He's a scary mob boss.
0: Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, rightfully so, but he says, okay, the money's not worth my life, so go ahead, just yeah. take it, whatever. Um, but he he's meant to be this, like, scary, intimidating guy, because mo- oftentimes mob bosses are, like, the biggest bad in other yeah. genres. Um, but here is Sam just effortlessly beating him up.
2: Yeah, I, I always, I, I've said this before, but I always like a genre mishmash Sam mm-hmm. and Dean just like wandering into I mean demons are involved, but in general this is mostly like normal, like quote unquote normal stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, them just like stumbling into this mob boss's dealings and thinking he's a demon is very funny. The look on his face when he gets mm-hmm. splashed with the water. Mm-hmm. Sam does this little like shrug and grin.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's so good. And then he he's like, how about I just leave and takes the bullets out of the gun yep. and goes, I'll take these and puts down the gun. <laughs> He's so cute, and then he goes, have a nice day. He's just... (laughs) He's the most...
2: It's The way the scene's shot, too, like, it's a lot of, um, before all the tension drains out of the scene, uh, there's a lot of, like, close-ups, and there's some dramatic music earlier, and then, like, everything is, like, silent, and the camera, like, hangs on Sam instead of, like, the tight, frenetic editing that action scenes normally have. It's a really, like, well-directed scene for, like, maximum Yeah, directed by effect. Charles
1: Beeson. Charles Beeson also directed Playthings and Roadkill. Mm. So far. Those were very well directed. episodes. Yeah, Playthings
2: particularly was a well was a well directed episode.
1: Um, are we going back to Dean now? Yeah. So the sex worker starts coming on to him, and he goes, "Well, hey, he's so cute."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: And then she calls him a cheapskate.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, there's a I, a note I forgot to say. Actually, going back to the bar slightly, when he's like becomes interested in Casey. Uh, that will be paid off further here is um he asked what her specialty is and she says I mean I make a mean hurricane and Sam's like, When do you drink hurricanes? Which yeah, hurricanes, I-, I guess like uh calling back to the purple nurple. Um hurricanes are like a very like fruity drink. Um like a quote unquote girly drink that I I suppose Dean would call them. Um they're like sweet. They got like rum and lemon juice and like passion fruit syrup and stuff. Um, mm. And, like, that's not, that's not, Dean wants his, his whiskey, his hard liquor, none of that sweet stuff normally. But uh, similarly to uh, the purple nurple, when a woman's involved, Dean will drink whatever. Mm
1: hmm. It's also very funny that she says, I make a mean hurricane specifically because later she, like, <laughs> creates huge gusts of wind. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: that's fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, again, demons, demons just being just dramatic.
1: Mm hmm
2: um hurricanes also are apparently um popularly served in new orleans which sort of like gives this place further like emphasizes the vibe of like this place becoming like a party town mm-hmm. but yeah back to back to this other he scene gets
1: a little kiss yeah good for him um he calls casey a skank don't like that yeah uh the the hebrew in this devil's trap is so bad
4: yeah, yeah. Like,
1: hire somebody who actually knows how to read the letters you're trying to write in the Tumblr post. I will link to a picture of it. Um, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. You should, you should be able to see what it says. Um, and so later, when there's actually a clear shot, you can see that it is supposed to be Psalms 81:13. Um, the letters are not good. It's not good. You should actually hire people who know what Hebrew letters look like, because that's not it.
2: Yeah, supernatural wavy hand gesture. Yeah.
1: yeah. Then he calls her a bitch, and she calls him a bitch right back. Yeah, a win for uh, feminism.
2: Going back slightly, <laughs> I way. do like, I it, I do like that. Um, we get we get Dean being like smart and planning here of like, oh yeah, he knew this whole time uh, and lured her here on purpose. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah he came by he came by found richie's body buried him which is very sad it's it's very sad we had we didn't see dean being sad about it i'm kind of i would guess like if we had we wouldn't have gotten the good like turnaround here but i kind of want to i kind of want to have seen that
3: for mm-hmm. richie yeah poor poor richie
2: but yeah she traps them both in here and we get absolute classic this style of television oh the hero is trapped with the is going to be trapped with the villain for the next 20 minutes so we get a good excuse for them to talk and uh boy it's interesting what they talk about
4: it's Mm -hmm. really good this
2: is like the the this episode like the first half is is fine but this second half this is where this is where things pick up Mm -hmm. even though it's mostly just two people sitting in a basement talking to each other
1: but it's exactly what this podcast wants to talk about. Yep. Um, so uh-huh. first Dean tries to continue his exorcism without the book in front of him, and it's really cute, and he does not do well. Uh-huh. And she says, I think you just ordered a pizza. <laughs> um, and she says that he should have paid more attention in Latin class, and he's like, well, I got somebody coming who did pay attention.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, and then so Casey says that Sam, everyone says Sam is the brains of the outfit, and Dean goes, everyone, which makes me really sad.
0: Mm-hmm. He doesn't want
1: people to think he's dumb. Dean is smart. He outsmarted her. Yeah. I like when the show pokes at Dean's insecurities.
2: I looked it up and, uh, Tote or whatever it is that he says there, uh, is not a real Latin word. It's just completely, like, <laughs> ad-libbing, saying things that sound Latin. Just like
1: syllables, It's fine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um... Also, slightly before that, yeah, the thing I said of, um, Dean says, all you demons have such smart mouths, and Casey says, it's a gift.
1: Yeah.
0: There's nothing better to do in Hell besides, like, get tortured and come up with snappy (laughs) one-liners.
1: Yeah. Um, at the end of the scene, the zon-zon-zon is who's gonna show up first, and Casey says, the cavalry or the Indians, which is bad. It's bad. Mm Mm-hmm. It's especially bad, like, it's always bad when it's, like, the white people versus the non-white people as, like, the good versus the bad. But in this case, it's specifically, like, demons. (laughs) Literal demons. It's bad.
2: Yeah. Oh, I... That's interesting. That's funny. I thought that for her, the cavalry were the, were, like, her quote-unquote good guys. Like, she's twisting it around. Hmm. But yeah, it well, doesn't. She specified. smiles
1: as she says the Indians. I think like it's ambiguous. There is that reading option. Um, I don't think that's what it's intended. Mm-hmm. That's valid.
2: Yeah, and I would. I, it's fair as like a demon to, like say like beat using this metaphor, this like bad like racist like good ver- good like quote, good versus evil metaphor, uh, or at least ally versus enemy metaphor. Um, and call her side the enemies, like, in it, but...
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, demons acknowledge that they're evil.
2: Anyway, it's bad.
1: Yeah. Um, but speaking of demons acknowledging, demons' perspective, um, do we want to skip to
4: that? Mm, I did want to say...
2: Um, I like that. Apparently, the Winchester boys are famous. Uh, I want a scene where some demons are talking about like the Winchester boys. Like without them around, I want to know what kind hmm, of stuff. I they wonder say.
1: what. I wonder what the Winchester reputation is in upper and lower circles. Hmm. Hmm. Like a pair of stormtroopers just kind of hanging around yeah. by the wa- water cooler. yeah Yeah. actually before we get to back to casey we cut back to sam who is very stressed out that dean is missing and he is um very disinterested in the sex worker who's trying to hit on him Uh uh-huh sammy continues to win Mm -hmm. so true also the barman um Calls Dean the big hero who jumps on Reggie, and Sam goes, "Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the big hero." <laughs> He's like so tired of Dean's every reputation.
2: time Sam's tired of of like people's hero worship of Dean. It's very good and funny. I, I like I like mm-hmm. it.
1: Mm-hmm. And Sam continues to get the hang of bribery. He's yeah, like it's like at is first, everyone in this town sentence, their He just out? gives him more money. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I like I like the barman saying they went to her place for Bible study.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Bible study. We're all children of Jesus. (laughs) So then Casey says, yeah, Casey Mm. says that all she did was have lunch with Trotter and point out the money that could be made. Capitalism is the root of all evil. And so I think it's interesting. Casey says specifically, supposedly God fearing folk. Um,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Nice
1: juxtaposition
2: there. She says she barely lifted a finger. Mm -hmm. Which I think... Like is probably true, but also she does not she does not wanna I guess mention that she has an accomplice in this whole situation. So there mm-hmm. probably was a little bit more going on in on like Father Gill's side of the equation that she does not bring up here. Like she is painting a particular picture of like their involvement with this town.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, she says all you gotta do is nudge humans in the right direction, which is very good omens of this actually. Um, yeah and Mm -hmm. she says your kind is corrupting weak our will stronger that's why we'll win which is interesting like painting the war of hell as being demons versus humans um because as we've said there are no angels in the show at this point is that demons versus humans with weak wills and therefore demons are going to win um it's cool that Mm -hmm.
2: wasn't my read at all
1: all right pitch
2: my I thought this was a I thought this was a hell versus heaven thing. It's like this is why we'll beat heaven is because it's easier for us to bring humans over to our like quote unquote our side than it is for them to do
1: Interesting. that. Interesting. I can see that from the your kindest corrupts and weak line, but I don't see it with the our will is stronger. Because there's no indication of like stronger than heavens. Also, uh
0: with within the fiction, I mean <sighs> Okay, it's going to get a little bit complicated, but, like, at this point, heaven does not canonically exist in the show. However, Casey believes in Lucifer and believes that he was an angel cast down by yeah. God. So, in Casey's worldview, yeah. there is a heaven, but she seems to be of a particular sect of demon. Um, so, I'm with Emma in that the, the war is, in fact, for dominion over Earth. Um, and that they are just going to stamp the humans out and not be in hell anymore and just rule the earth. Um, cause, mm. and then Dean says that, like, you know, I thought the meek shall inherit the earth or whatever. Um, but yeah.
1: And she says, I was going so think... your Bible. It's only a book, Dean, which is dead. yeah. hmm And so Dean says, not everyone would agree in case he says, because it's God's book. Do you believe in God, Dean? I'd be surprised if you did. And he says, I don't know. I'd like to. Which is nice.
2: Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, that's I what I said earlier of like we get we get Dean as the non believer somewhat complicated here. I guess going mm-hmm. back to his experience in um uh Ghost Preacher episode. Houses of the Holy. Houses of the Holy, thank you. Mm hmm. And him and Sam's like uh situation being flipped at the end of that episode. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess like it's it's unclear what demons want, because when, when she said that's how it begins, my thought was, like, oh, they want to, like, rule Earth. Like, they want to be the ones, like, in charge, but you can't, if you don't, if you kill everyone, you don't have anyone to rule.
0: Well, I think the idea is to essentially move all the demons out of hell and onto Earth.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, the demons And you don't necessarily need humans for that.
2: I guess that's true.
0: Because they don't like being in hell. They'd rather just vibe upstairs.
2: It's unclear also, I suppose, how many demons there are.
0: A lot. Yeah. A lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
2: but there's also 7 billion humans. Are there 7 billion demons? Are there, like, 50,000 demons? Are there, like, a million demons? Like, it's, yeah, it's...
0: Well, I mean, it's hell. Um, And it's been around for a while. (laughs)
1: I think, I'm pretty sure we've already said this, so I don't think it's spoilers, but like we've, yes. we've mentioned that demons used to be people, and there have been a lot of dead people, mm-hmm. and I assume a lot of them have been going to hell. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. So there's, there's, there's a lot of demons down there. Yeah. The key strategic weakness of the human
0: race is that the dead outnumber the living. Yeah, there you go. That's my one Doctor Who quote for the, for the
1: episode. <laughs>
2: Well, in that case, the the Winchesters have killed literally
1: like three demons ever.
2: Yeah. And even then, some of those were.
1: And some of them didn't kill demons. So, like, that's the maximum of how many demons have been killed, unless there are other ways to do it.
0: Well, Ruby has the the demon killing knife. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah. So, like, 10 demons have died. (laughs) As far as we know. Yeah. I mean, you know, chronology.
1: Yeah, but it's much harder to kill a demon than it is for humans to die and go yeah. to hell. So, like, they have really mm-hmm. high reproduction numbers. Mm-hmm.
0: And going back to the what Wyatt said about how the demon's goals are not very clear, I think that's corroborated by canon because Casey mentions that there's a power vacuum now that um,
4: yeah.
0: Zazel is dead. And I can actually say his name because she says <laughs> it in the scene. Yay! Um, So there's a power grab going on by all these different factions of demons, some of whom believe certain things. Um, Not all of them believe in Sam as their, like, leader. Not all of them believe in Lucifer as their god, you know, things like that. Um, So I think the demons don't even really know what they want besides to get out of hell.
1: Yeah. And I like that. I like that there's different Mm -hmm. views within hell. Um, Like Mm -hmm. demons have religion. It's really cool.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to talk more about nuanced. that in just a second, but I did want to note we get the t- little intercut scene here of Sam going to Casey's house, um, and we get our only glimpse at who Casey was before she got possessed by a demon, and she is the sort of woman who owns little pig slippers that like honk so and make like a cute. pig noise if you step on them.
0: They're so cute. <laughs> Which is
2: extremely funny and good.
0: Uh huh. She has a cross necklace mm-hmm. on a picture of what I assume was her boyfriend at one point. Yeah. Don't know what happened to him. Yeah. He's probably decomposing in the basement.
2: Um. Yeah, I guess, like, this conversation here where she says, I don't see how you and your god have done such a bang-up job, war, genocide, it's only getting worse, uh, you racked up a body count that amazed even us, it's our turn now, we're gonna do it right this time. Again, this seemed to me like, oh, they want to be the ones in charge rather than they want to be the ones who live here. Or I mean, they want both, but... Yeah, their relationship to humanity... Yeah, they
1: want to get rid of humans, it seems like. Like, Mm -hmm. either possess them or kill them. But, like, humans are not going to be the dominant species on the planet. Yeah, I
0: think that's what it comes down to, is demons... And when she says, we'll do it right this time, I think she means in, like, we're going to rebuild society in a way that works. Um, Which is very optimistic of her, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she's a true believer. She calls herself a believer. She is. She is. She has a lot of faith. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm happy for my read to be wrong here, but what I thought she meant for, we'll do it right this time, or, like, um, it's our turn now, is they want to replace, like, the, the religion, like, mm. and be the ones in charge, like, like guiding humanity. Uh, Particularly with, like, Lucifer being her, like, god figure. Like, she wants to replace, like, god with Lucifer.
1: Mm. Just kind of, like, inverting human faith. Like, Mm -hmm. the fucking magnetic poles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see that, actually, now that you say it like that. For Casey, specifically. Um, For Casey's general, like, group. Um... I can see that read much clearer now.
2: Thumbs up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's neat that there are different, like, reads of uh-huh. what they want mm-hmm. here. I guess we'll we'll find out eventually what it is they really want. Yeah, so Sam has another quick scene here, an and he gets called here. a
1: princess, and then we move back to the he does. The, the gang in the basement. Um, and this is where Casey says that her god is Lucifer, um, does say he used to be an angel. Um, hmm and now that, that no one's actually seen him, Lucifer God parallels. Mm-hmm. Um, but they yeah, say that that's he made really us into what we are, and they say that he'll return, which is also cool. That mm-hmm. part is
2: that part was really interesting to me. Is like, oh, like, what is what is demon hierarchy? Like, where it's if if no one's seen him in hell, where is he?
0: It's okay. We do get to learn this.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. Um,
0: also, just from my retroactive perspective knowing what i know about the show i'm going to try and be as spoiler free as possible as always it's very interesting to me how much of this she gets right uh Mm. i'm not going to say specifics but like when she talks about like lucifer's backstory and and stuff it's like i i want to know like there's there's i can see a reality where the this uh, belief system grew from somebody who actually knows, mm-hmm. you, someone in particular. Um, but it it's just, we'll have to, we'll definitely have to talk about this a little later when we actually learn
1: about this stuff, mm-hmm. but it's very interesting to
0: me. Um, yeah, I think it's really good back. that
1: um, Dean goes, you mean the devil, and she says, your word, not ours. Love that. Yeah. Cultural sensitivity. Mm-hmm. I, that I <laughs>
2: I love that she says Lucifer actually means lightbringer. Look it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Dean goes, "Lucifer's really real." Oh baby. Oh yeah. sweetheart. Oh uh-huh. god. Oh dear.
2: I'm surprised that that's what he thinks considering how like often he deals with demons, but well, I guess I feel he like never thought he that they were He didn't think that gone. there was
1: like organized structure in hell with like theology behind yeah. it. It's just kind of like there yeah. are these evil spirits and other forces. Mm -hmm. and i think what he would
0: probably if you were to ask him he would probably say well i don't believe that lucifer was an angel but do i believe that there is like an all-powerful demon guy down there just kind of calling the shots yes like believing in lucifer or believing in the devil i guess is much easier than believing that Mm -hmm. the devil is lucifer if that makes sense yeah like
1: a a big bath, big bad boss of, like, super demon mm-hmm. is much simpler to believe in than, like, a hierarchy of um, cosmology. Yeah. Well, even,
0: even acknowledging that Lucifer may be a former angel, because that implies the existence of yeah, angels, yeah, which yeah. Dean has had That's contentions true. with. He's questioning it, of course, but it would still be, I think, a lot to chew on for him.
1: Then she makes a Dick
4: Cheney oh. joke.
2: Yeah, yeah, she it's sure so does. Funny.
1: Supernatural is a show.
2: Dean says, "Well, show. except that uh, all demons, except that uh, demons are evil," and Casey says, "And humans are such a lovable bunch." Dick Cheney. Dean says, "He one of yours?" She says, "Not yet."
1: <sighs> it's so good. It's so dumb. It's, it's so. It's a real low hanging it, fruit, so, but like it is. 2000, Early. No, I was gonna say 2010s. Yeah. It's not the 2010s. It's so late. aughts Hots. yeah, mid late aughts
2: late-odds. I guess now.
0: Yeah, it's great. I love it. Supernatural. This <laughs> it's is so why supernatural. This is why the CW has never been profitable.
1: Yeah. Happy. <laughs> yeah, help us oh, this week.
2: Donate, donate, super... <laughs> donate to our upcoming GoFundMe to purchase the CW. I'm buying the <laughs> to
1: Castiel. Doing him right this time. <laughs> Mm Mm-hmm. Give him a gay little kiss. Um, then Dean is like extremely fake casual about hell. He's like, "Hey, well, what's it like down there?" Mm -hmm. He's like laughing, and she's she reminds him of the deal, and he laughs. And she says, "You're not gonna like it, Dean." (sighs) No, he's not.
2: Yeah, she calls it a pit of despair.
0: Yeah, very Princess Bride. I mean, it is hell.
2: Anyway, Sam gets Sam like Sam and Father gill quote unquote, team up. Sam is very um, awkward is about talking about demon. sex. Um, yeah, this is
1: because he's talking to a priest, but Ace Sammy continues yeah. to win. hmm
2: Sam also drops they their brothers. It's like I thought the two of you were insurance investigators. Sam's like, uh he Sam says the family business line, which I thought was uh, cute. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey calls Dean likable.
0: Yeah. It's true. He really he is, is. likable.
1: My notes just say he's likable, heart emoji. <laughs>
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. we get, yeah, they start to connect a little bit here. She's like, that deal you made to save Sam, a lot of others will mock you for it, or think it was weak and stupid. I don't.
1: And then Dean says it's liberating to not have to worry about a future you don't yeah. have. I hate this show.
2: Yeah, she <gasps> says, you're not scared? She says, nah, not even a little? And then, like, little, little, little bit, a little bit of jacking, he says, of course not. Of
1: course he's not scared. He's only going to hell.
0: I, I do want to like highlight the comment of what's the point of planning a future when you don't have one? Yeah, is v- like once again on our suicidal dean train of like that is literally something that is plaguing so many people, especially as we devolve into late stage capitalism, because none of us actually believe we will make it.
2: <laughs> uh huh.
0: It's it gives me the worms of uh-huh. the brain.
1: And then we're back to Sam and Father Gill, and um, Father Gill's like, you ever think about doing anything else? And Sam says, like, what? And he goes, mm, anything. Somehow I see you out in front of the pack, which now that we know yeah. he's a demon, it's really interesting. Yeah. He's like yep. nudging Sam like, mm-hmm. hey, you ever thought about being, you know, king of hell?
2: Being a, yeah.
1: <laughs> you ever thought of being the Antichrist? Since the death of God, there's been an opening.
2: There's there's an interesting thing here. Um, Father Gill says, oh, yeah, uh, it's it a good Father thing Gil he here. has you, his brother's keeper.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh. Hmm. The Cain and Abel parallels start early. Yeah. Well,
2: yep. I mean, they've started mm-hmm.
1: from the, the
0: canification.
1: Start the explicit, but like the idea that Sam is his brother's keeper is so interesting because, like, they mm-hmm. have a history of Dean having to protect Sam, and so the the, the way that either Sam sees himself as, or Father Gill is nudging him to see himself as the one who has to take care of Dean is really cool because, like, Dean is really bad at taking care of himself. And so Sam does kind of have to, yeah. like, nudge him into being like, hey, Dean, you should not die. Have you considered not dying? Um, they are each other's keepers. That's really interesting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: In a way that is,
0: uh, I must say, incredibly unhealthy. Yep. Yeah. My notes devolve into incomprehensible territory after this. <laughs>
2: Uh, I really like, <laughs> it's very funny the way Casey's just like stretched herself out on the floor. She's like, all right, I guess I live here now in this devil's trap. Time to get, time to get comfy. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. And
1: she so she with Dean with a little here. Yeah. And she's like, I don't think you'd yeah. respect me in the morning. And he goes, that's okay. I yeah. mean, hey, I barely respect you now. <laughs> He's uh-huh. funny. It's good little banter. It is. Then we get Yellow Eyes' name at last.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. She calls him a tyrant, which I think is interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sam was supposed to be the Grand poohbah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's like, this is a bad thing. Like, all these demons fighting for the crown, like we said, it was a power vacuum. Mm-hmm.
0: And I just want to... Um, we will... Ha- I don't know what I wanted to say, but I just want to, like, call out the fact that we will get more on this power vacuum in Hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, a lot more. It is something that has repercussions Throughout the rest of the show. So calm your hearts, little audience. I know. I know.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, and then, then every, the conversation ends as Sam and Gil show up. And also Bobby shows up. And there's a bit, I think it's, is it Sam that says, like, Bobby, where'd you come from? How did you know where we were? And the, there's never an answer to that. It's like they hang a lampshade on Bobby showing up out of nowhere, but he never actually says how he the found point. them. The
1: point is that Ruby found them?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it was Ruby.
2: I believe that. I just think it's funny that they don't yeah. like address it's that. It's just
0: like it's fine. They're mm-hmm.
1: here
2: now. Move. Yeah.
0: We only have 5 minutes left in the episode. We got to get it done. Yep. Um I think at some point Father Gill flings Dean
1: across the room and yeah. it looks really funny.
2: Yeah. And then <laughs> I think yeah, he picks It's
1: fascinating. Yeah. That Father Gill like grabs Dean and Casey says, yeah. "Don't kill him. Let's just go. They're friends yeah. now. Mm-hmm.
2: They're friends. Casey likes him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's likable. He's likable. I mean, they needed to they do this. Bonded. So
2: yeah, they needed to do this. So Sam just like gunning both of these guys down. Um, like looks ominous. Seemed yeah, yeah seemed more ominous. Yeah.
1: Also, the mm-hmm. the effect of this new souped up cult killing them is like extreme. I don't think the usual cult like effect was this dramatic. Um the point is like the cult is back in action now. And so we get like very long yeah. extended death scene of them being dramatically shot like, and twitching and glowing and whatever. Yeah. Um my notes say in all caps, what kind of crack is in that gun? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, if we remember when Luther got shot by the cult, his death was also very dramatic and flashy, and like we saw his skeleton. Yeah, we saw his skeleton. Yeah, you know, in cartoons when they get electrocuted and they turn into a skeleton for a second. Yeah, that's what the cult does. That literally
2: happened. So yeah, I don't know if it's too much more flashy than we've seen before, but
0: it is. It is. Flash. Yeah. Yeah. It is ridiculous, to the point of being funny.
2: Them, when they both get shot and, like, fall over, I like that we have, like, this overhead shot of them both, like, lying in the devil's trap next to each other, their hands almost touching with, like, the blood spreading mm-hmm. out beneath yeah. them. It's very, Steven very well-composed shot.
3: hmm
0: They were so happy to see each other, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tevens have feelings. They do. Uh-huh. I don't know if you touched on this in your synopsis, Emma, but, um... They've been together
2: for centuries, yeah.
0: For centuries, yeah. In hell, presumably before hell. Like,
2: yeah, Gil says for centuries, you've been to hell and back, literally.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, they have like a very deep and long relationship in a way that most demons aren't allowed to, like, have in the show. And it, is really it's
1: just good it's, I love it's interesting it. I that like really the, the way sad. the show humanizes these demons specifically mm-hmm. and then has sam kill them indicating that yep. he's mm-hmm. you know going dark side um, uh-huh. even though like normally killing a demon would just be a normal thing
3: mm-hmm.
0: dean is starting to have a little bit of nuance to contrast sam losing his
1: yeah Mm -hmm. um this is where dean asks if something is wrong with sam maybe he came back different i was thinking of like the way um katie's mom was talking about katie um the way that like bobby must assume like bobby knows more than lisa knows that like there is actually supernatural reasons to believe that sam might not be properly sam but like the way that like grief is interacting with like suspicion here is really interesting
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dean says, um, Bobby says it had to be done, like, shooting them, Sam was saving your life. Dean says, yeah, but you didn't see it, Bobby, it was cold. Yeah. And when Dean asked if there's something, could be something wrong with him, there's, Bobby has this little pause, he's like, no, demons lie, I'm sure Sam's okay, which is extremely press X to doubt. <laughs>
3: hmm
2: Um, going back slightly, also, I think it's interesting that, uh, Bobby says, two less demons to worry about, Dean says, yeah, but Trotter's still alive. Bobby says, humans ain't our job. Dean says, yeah, but you think anything is really going to change? I mean, maybe these people do want to really destroy themselves. Maybe it is a losing battle. Which, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's The way they frame this as a battle is interesting. I guess, like, it's Dean going off of what Casey said earlier. Um, But for him, I don't know. I guess, like, he wants to protect people, but you can't protect people from themselves. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. The answer is societal change, Dean.
2: Yeah, Dean. Yeah. The answer. Well, and yeah. it's also in yeah, and it's interesting that capitalism. Dean like sees Trotter in in the way that like Dean sees problems in things rather than in concepts. Like, oh, I kill the monster, I solve the problem. For him in the situation, problem is this place is Isley uh the 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 solution for him obviously is he kills the quote-unquote monster who was causing the problem which is trotter that that but i don't think that would do anything like if he did it
1: then you'd just have another power vacuum
2: yeah exactly Mm
1: -hmm. yeah like dean doesn't know how to deal with the problem if the answer isn't killing something he's like i can shoot all of my problems this is why he doesn't know how to deal with his emotions
2: yep Mm -hmm. can't shoot your emotions I do like then we get this contrasted scene with Sam and Ruby, and we see that Sam is like upset about what happened, which is really sad. It's really sad that Dean's like, I don't trust Sam, like that was so cold, like I don't know what's going on here. And then we see Sam like dealing with it and like being upset that he killed two people. It's like they don't know, they don't know that they're both dealing with this. They should Mm. talk.
1: Uh, meanwhile, Ruby well, says that killing those people talking? did them a favor, and Sam calls her a cold bitch. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm
3: hmm.
1: Sam asks again why Ruby's fighting on their team, and Ruby says, Go screw yourself. That's why. Very yeah. um, victorious. Yeah. don't have to justify my better. actions
2: to you. Mm hmm. Sam threatens her with a gun.
1: And she's very confident. Uh, she knows Love that. When women yeah, she
2: knows that she holds the bargaining power here. Mm
1: hmm. Um, and Sam's, Ruby says that there's going to be collateral damage to the things that they have to do, and Sam says, well, I don't have yeah. to like it, and she says, no, you wouldn't be Sam if you did, which is really good, yeah. especially off really of good. the Dean and Bobby conversation. <sighs>
4: yeah. Um,
1: it's so unexpectedly
0: sweet from Ruby. It is. Yeah.
2: Uh, I also wanted to say, there's like an Azazel parallel here to the scene with him, and, um, uh, already forgot his name. Jake? The soldier, Jake. Thank you. Um, where, uh, like, again, it's the cult being pointed at a demon who, like, is fearless and knows that they have, like, all the bargaining power because they can offer this person mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's sort of neat.
1: Then Ruby calls herself that little fallen angel on Sam's shoulder, which made me crazy. Yeah. The, Ruby cast good. Good. the Ruby cast parallels. The Ruby cast parallels almost there guys just one more season
2: yeah yep and that's the episode that is
1: the episode that mm-hmm. was the last line in the episode thank you Jeremy Carver and I guess <laughs> Robert Singer if you did that one maybe oh um kind of a, a like a a nod towards a folklore corner um I know that Azazel Azazel is like specifically a Jewish demon but I don't know enough about it I'm gonna like kick our audience over to Mench of Letters cause I don't know if they talk about mm. it but I would assume they do for some good supernatural contents in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I, I had heard that um, he was, like, a scapegoat figure, right? Something Just like in Just, like, in my, in my, like I, in my I general really knowledge. I don't know
1: the details here, but that does sound okay. familiar.
2: Which, like, makes him sort of interesting as a ruler, if that's true. But, yeah, I don't know enough to, like, go super down the, the like, analysis tunnel.
1: Mm-hmm. So do we have after facts?
2: Alright, um, okay, I got a bunch for this one. Uh, So Julia Benson, uh, the uh, sex worker who Dean and Sam both turned down, is Vanessa James on Stargate Universe. Um, Small thing, Matthew Harrison, the guy who plays Andy, uh, who uh, tries, wait, oh no, sorry, not Andy, no, the guy in the bar who um, shoots that dude and tries to kill himself. Reggie. Reggie, thank you. Uh, he runs a drama school in Vancouver called Actors Foundry, uh, which is a neat, fun fact. I'm wondering, like, if, like, anyone, like, if he was, like, anyone's teacher. It's like, oh, let's get this guy in here. I, I don't know. know just, a, just an interesting thing, considering how many actors in this show, particular, particularly, like, extras or, like, single episode characters, are, like, Vancouver-area actors. Um... Uh, Trotter is played by Don S. Davis, uh, who plays Major General George Hammond on Stargate SG-1, uh, big like major character in that show. Uh, is also Dana Scully's dad in the X-Files, huh. um, and oh, is pug. also Major General Garland Briggs on Twin Peaks. So yeah, this guy's been in a bunch of stuff. This is like a fun cameo character. There's
0: so many Stargate actors in Supernatural. It's true.
2: Well, yeah, it's because it's a it's a it's the Vancouver area also
0: oh that's fair
2: um but uh yeah i did <laughs> i did not know this guy was particularly was uh, garland briggs that's very funny it's also very funny that like this guy's two most famous parts are both major generals i wonder if that's also mm-hmm. partly why he got uh hired to play george hammond in uh, stargate um anyway uh father gill is robert curtis brown who is andrew price on the handmaid's tale um, and also a character named Alec Kendall in the soap opera *Search for Tomorrow*, which I bring up because it ran for thirty years and he was in one hundred and seventy episodes. *Supernatural* Old has God. nothing on this show. Soap operas are wild.
0: Soap operas handshake anime.
2: <laughs> I don't. There's very few anime that have gone for thirty years. That's true. Soap operas are a, a league in their own. mm Hmm. There's some like like One Piece, I guess is yeah. Uh, but even One Piece is only uh is, is literally as old as me. It started the same year I was born, so it's uh it's gonna be 25 soon. Also, it's my birthday in two days. Oh, happy
4: birthday! Happy
0: early <laughs> Thank birthday! You. Happy early birthday! You um, share a birthday with Alex, and I will never get over that. Yeah, it's Sometimes. wild.
2: Um, and then finally, uh, Casey is played by Sasha Barice, um, who plays Tracy in the Hangover movies and has quit <laughs> acting to become a professional poker player. Apparently she's very good. Get em, queen.
0: <laughs> Go, you. Oh my god, I love that so yeah, much. Yeah,
2: it's great. It's really good. It's uh, This is why I do actor facts. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you for listening. Please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, tune in next time for episodes 5 and 6,
0: um, which is Bedtime Stories, bedtime stories and... and Red Sky at Morning. Uh, Two Monster of the Week episodes, but I think they're both pretty good. I mean, maybe not Red Sky yeah, at Morning, but it's got Red Bella Sky in it, so.
2: Ooh, Bella's coming back!
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what saves it. Exactly. Oh, bedtime there's, stories there's like good, at least though. one
1: really good scene in that one. I don't remember anything All right. about Bedtime Stories. Yes. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Oh, no, um, I remember some of it. Okay. It's, it'll be fun. <laughs> we'll have a good time, as usual. Mm-hmm.
4: All
2: right.
0: And we are going... How did this We are going to
1: point guns at demons who don't care.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> I was going to say we're having two intercut conversations, not understanding each other's feelings.
1: No! We're going <laughs> to foreshadow cast. That's what we're going to do. All
2: right, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as we are always doing.
0: Exactly. Uh huh. his show. This
1: is this is the Castiel show. It's yeah. yep. Happy CW bankruptcy everyone.
4: <laughs> Happy
3: CW bankruptcy. <laughs>
0: The music used on Word of Godcast is The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license. Find the link in the episode description.